Hello and welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Energy Podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about some exciting new news for Pokemon TCG Live streamers. The Pokemon Company International has enabled drops over on Twitch. So if you're a streamer or someone who watches a Twitch live stream, we'll talk about that. Some cool details, something cool that they're doing. We'll talk about some new upcoming cards, the next couple sets that have been revealed, the timelines for them, and our predictions, not really our, you know, no special predictions here, but what will most likely be the rotation date for the standard format, which happens every single year. We'll talk about kind of our theories and thoughts on that. And we'll, of course, have Guess That Flavor Text, everyone's favorite segments of the podcast, with some cool updates as well, thanks to a community member. We'll give some of those updates and fun facts when we get to that segment. And then we'll close out this week's episode by talking about the two regional championships that happened this past weekend. There was one down under in Brisbane, Australia, and then one over in Europe in Gdansk, Poland. We'll talk about the results the controversy and conversation that has sparked because of one of the decks that won one of those tournaments. Should a certain card in the standard format be banned? We'll give our thoughts and more. And then, of course, we'll close things up over on our Patreon with the bonus episode, our special weekly bonus episode exclusive to our Patreon supporters. If you want to support us and check that out every single week, a little bit of extra content from us. The place to do that is over there on Patreon, patreon.com slash Uncommon Energy Podcast. My name is Chip Ritchie, joined here as always by my friend and co-host, Azul GG. What's going on, Azul? How we doing, buddy? How, how's your week been? It's been pretty good. I, well, I guess I was like, okay. Like, I got sick a couple days after getting back from LAIC. The first day I got back, which is like Monday. I think we talked, did I talk about this last week? I feel like I talked about it. Yeah, we have recorded a podcast episode since LAIC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I felt really bad Monday, but I I felt that was like just travel. And then a couple days after that, I got sick or I was sick. Uh, I guess I haven't been sick since we've had a podcast episode. Yeah, so I got sick. I've been sick. Um, Finally got back to doing the content stuff on Sunday. So I streamed on Sunday. Didn't I feel great yesterday? I felt like I was like, I don't know, getting sick. Dude, I feel like you get absolutely. No, it's tw- all right. That's what everyone in my chat was saying. I've gone sick <laughs> twice out of the five the events. Twice out, of the, twice out of the five events. It has been the last two events, though, that I've gotten sick at. So, uh, but it's definitely the like traveling internationally hits a little bit harder than like sure, original, sure. for sure. So, like, that's part of it. I think, like, like I said, I just felt really bad on Monday when I got back from LAIC just due to the travel, not much sleep. I didn't sleep. I had really bad sleep in Brazil as well. It was not good. I was one of the people who was on the bed. Like, I was on the bed. <laughs> Grant curled up on a couch. Like, granted, fine. Yeah, so I did not have really good sleep. I think I got to, like, I stopped, like, bringing melatonin with me to regionals and stuff. But I think I got to get back on the melatonin. I don't like taking it, like, regularly at home or anything. But it definitely helps when you're tr- uh, sleeping in, like, a new location to help you kind of stuff and help you get to sleep. So I think it's got to gotta experiment with the melatonin again um i try and use caffeine as much as i can to help me like stay up the day i get to a tournament stuff like that but um but yeah it's been cool to get back to streaming i'm feeling better so yeah did a stream today did a stream on sunday skipped monday like i said but it's cool to get back to that and then still getting back into like the, the multi-streaming simulcasting kind of thing is still getting used to that because i didn't do that much of it before Azul i went to uh, gg Brazil. my favorite tiktok streamer let's get it <laughs> yeah Doing the streaming on the TikTok too as well. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm enjoying getting back to the the content stuff, as I always say. But how about you, Chip? How was your your week? I don't think you got sick, so probably better than mine. Yeah, I did not get sick, so definitely better than your week. Um, 
Yeah, it was pretty good. Nothing too special or anything going on. I did play in a league cup over the weekend. There was one okay. not too far away. Uh, I did not do super well. I played Maridon. I started 2-0, and was feeling good. Uh, round one, I played against someone who was playing Wug Trio Mill. Of course, so of I was course. like, let's go. This is what it's all about, baby. The League Cup grind, hitting Wug Trio round one. You love to see it. Oh, the I thought you was would... over in approximately six minutes. <laughs> I thought you hit them round three. I thought that's what you were saying. I thought you, yeah, okay, good. Keep going. No, like, yeah, I hit them well, round one. Sorry. And then so I started two and oh, and then round three, I played against a guy playing Urshifu Iron Valiant. It was not fun. And I lost that one, and it kind of went downhill for me from there but yeah had a good time grant played at the same cup as me and the sneaky little bugger brought snorlax stall <laughs> and he also did not make top eight so it happens um i lost funny, the last uh... round actually to yeah you'll never guess what deck i played against in the last round uh total non-meta deck yeah does it win and i lost to it does it win through drawing prize cards or like an alternate win condition it wins through drawing prize cards eventually okay so i'm thinking some kind of spread deck like i don't know miss mages spread no it was serena ex hasui and braviary let's go which i think i should totally destroy I had lost vacuum. I had double bravery charm. Like I have everything to like get around all his little shenanigans. Oh yeah, you can just like hold the bravery charm and then attach I, dude, it. I know, I know. Okay, all right. But I opened up Iron Hands. I went second. I went research. I drew into Raichu and Squawkabilly. Also, okay. in that opening research hand to play the game, I had to research away a lost vacuum, which is like pretty important to get rid of his panic mask. So I had yep, to research yep. that away. Also, like th- four energy cards and super odd. Then I draw into the Squawkabilly and Raichu hand, and uh, it has a boss in there. And it's like I just still can't do anything this turn. I'm <laughs> gonna go with the Squawkabilly. Also, drawing my Raichu was really bad, and my super odd was already gone. So, because Raichu's the way I w- it, it was just a chain of terrible <laughs> events that led to me. <laughs> oh man, it was awful. And it's it's funny too because it's a it's a Poke Dad who I used to coach his son. And I'm like friends with this family and stuff as well. Uh, and he's great. He loves to play these like wacky rogue decks and stuff like that. I lost to him in a cup finals one time when I was playing Green Zard and he was playing Slow Duck. <laughs> <laughs> the Slow Duck, let's the Slowpoke go. Psyduck tag team. Uh, let's go. Has a pretty good Green Zard matchup. It turns yeah. out <laughs> that deck was super cool. Those are like the cool decks that like because those ones can keep up with a decent amount of like top. Decks, you know, those are the coolest yeah, yeah. like Pokemon decks for sure. It's like the slow ducks. And his his Serena Bravery deck was was cool for sure. But it's like if I had just drawn semi normally, like yeah. I definitely just would have <laughs> smashed it. And as it stands, I got I I still almost won, but my last two prizes were exactly escape rope and third boss. And I had to research a boss away at the beginning of the game, remember? So it's yeah. like if I have either of those two cards, I would have won the game on the spot, both prized. It's okay. It happens. I was happy that he was able to get the win with his Serena Braviary deck. Chips Salty Cup Run. Mm. Is this a new segment of the podcast? <laughs> salty Cup Maybe. Runs. You, salty, we won't get him from the locals. He won't go play in League Cups. Yeah. Although, to be honest, like recently I've been kind of maybe just because I did. We I was just at LAIC. 
But like, I don't know, I just like competing. I was like thinking more about someone asked me about if I was going to register for Liverpool um, or something like that, which I'm not. I think the European regionals I'll try and go to is maybe the one in Sweden and then maybe the, uh, the second one in Dur- uh, Germany, Dortmund. But that's coming up soon, I think, actually. I don't know. But like, I don't know, I just like competing a lot. Um, LAIC, like like the ICs, like LAIC and even OCIC, you they're just... You should still go to League Cups, man. It's like, it know, is fun, and you can play something that you're not going to play at a regionals. Like, that's why Grant rather played just Snorlax. Go... Grant was like, I want to play Snorlax, because I know we'll never play this deck at a regionals, but, you know, it's, like, interesting, and I want to play a stall deck. I won't get to play it at a regionals, because we'll never play this deck, so I'm going to play it here at this cup. We'll never play it because Grant says anyone with a brain cell can beat Snorlax Control. So that's why he's the reason we'll never play it. <laughs> Is he um, wrong, though? Well, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, yes, no, because I mean, no. <laughs> I don't know, bro. It won a regional. So that's what I'm saying. Like, the deck is solid. It's a solid yeah, deck. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a solid deck. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I would just, like, rather, if I wanted to really, like, be competing more i'm just playing online tournaments to be honest like that does it for me as far as yeah, like scratches the scratching itch. that itch yeah but there it's it's tough because playing in tournaments on bdcg live is just so like not truly miserable but it's not great for sure just like the idea of a bug deciding a game like would be on one side or the other like my me losing or me winning that way is just like so deflating like so yep had a tcg live coaching session go awry this week due to a tcg live bug because someone was trying to retreat a gardevoir with reversal energy and like three psychic energies on it and they want to retreat the psychic energies the game just totally freezes and then auto discards the reversal energy when it catches up it was brilliant it's kind of annoying i wish like more of that stuff the gameplay like they're doing pretty well about like the keeping up with the bugs and stuff like the bug there's not that many bugs in the game right now the guardy stuff is still annoying when your opponent concedes while you're using the ability or using the ability in general is pretty annoying, but the gameplay just needs to be, it's like, it needs a little bit of an overhaul, you know, like it needs like one of those big video game updates where everything just feels smoother, right? Yeah. That's what PDCG live needs. One big update. Well, it'll probably be a couple, but it needs that first big update where everything just feels smoother and better after the update. Right. Um, we're kind of missing. That's where we're like the next big thing. I think that we're waiting on for PTCG live, but you know, it's getting closer. It's, you know, developing. Well, and speaking of TCG Live, there was definitely a bit of exciting news for the TCG Live streamers out there, such as yourself, Azul, the Pokemon Company International, announced earlier this week that Twitch drops are enabled for TCG Live creators. So this is something did that they, they've been they doing didn't announce during... it, though, did they? Huh? Trust your, trust your pilot announced it. <laughs> we didn't hear anything from Pokemon, did we? uh i guess so <laughs> well i just assumed that this would have been announced somewhere like how did oh he probably just saw it from his twitch dashboard or something I yeah guess. i assume that's like where it came from interesting okay well however yeah. maybe it didn't get announced but it got discovered by the it community <laughs> and that is twitch drops now available this is something they have been doing during the like regionals and internationals broadcasts where if you watch those streams you can get in-game rewards for your time watched uh, but it's cool that it's now available to creators as well. And the different rewards you can get range from booster packs to elite trainer box sleeve sets and even Mew EX and Mewtwo promo cards from the Ultra Premium Collection. So, yeah, I mean, as a streamer as well, this is uh, this is something you have talked about in the past, like wishing that they wow, would do. Yeah. yeah, it's cool to see them finally... Um... Yeah, to finally do it, to be honest. And I mean, I guess like the, I mean, the one thing that's just weird is it's not available in the uh, PTCG Live category. It's only available in the Pokemon trading card game category on Twitch, which is like 
kind of annoying because the products are for people who play BDCG Live. Yeah. And the streamers who streaming it for the people who are most likely to want to use these drop to abuse these drops and use these products are going to go to the PTCG live category to watch streamers. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Um, obviously, like the Pokemon regionals where these drops like initially started happening are streamed in the Pokemon trading card game category, not the Pokemon trading card game live category. So I imagine that's probably sense. where some of the like it just auto like it was like, OK, we stream in this category. Let's make it available to creators. Boom, let's do it. And then that was, yeah. it, you know, like, but, like they need to like put it in both categories they do like yes. ideally like it so uh i already tweeted about it i saw some other people tweeting about it i don't know like um hopefully like i think hopefully it's reached you know a person who is then going to be like or if you're if you're the person listening to this right now or know someone you can tell just be like hey let's get drops in the pdcg live category because i've been tra- i've been streaming in the pokemon trading card game pokemon trading card game category because of that because of this because i want to make the drops available to people right yeah um, and it's pretty, I mean, this is pretty decent stuff, right? I mean, the booster packs are kind of whatever, but like the ETB sleeves are cool. Um, cause I assume that's what you get, right? You get like, yeah, the, it's the sleeves and yeah, uh, the sleeves in the deck box promo card, I think as well. Yeah. And then like the Mew and Mewtwo or whatever. So it's like pretty decent for just like chilling, watching someone play the Pokemon training card game live. Right. But it'd be nice if it was available to the people in the category that where the people are most likely to be able to use it. Cause like the Pokemon training card game category is just usually people doing breaks. So um those people don't actually like play the game i mean some do i'm sure but like you know you know i'm saying the people who play the game are going to the ptcg live category so it'd be nice if those people could get the drops and i don't know how many of the streamers are like even aware like i don't know where mahone is streaming actually that's something i was going to check this morning um that's all i'm streaming i wasn't sure if he was streaming in what category he was streaming in, or if he's even to be honest i would not be surprised if mahone is just not aware uh tricky jim is just not aware (laughs) that the drops even happen because i feel like uh he's sometimes more disconnected from that kind of stuff um, I think he would have seen it. <laughs> I would he hope so. I would have tweet probably. That would be my guess. Look, my guess. So he has been streaming in the Pokemon him. trading yeah. card game category. He has been. Yeah, according to this. Well, that's just because he Tuesday. streams the table stuff there. Oh, maybe because I'm looking at his thing right now, and it, I'm going to stream right now, and his past couple of odds are under Pokemon trading card game live. Um, I mean, I don't know how that works. So this stream, whatever stream on Tuesday. Yeah, today's Tuesday. Uh, he started in Pokemon Trading Card Game uh, live okay. and then switched it to Pokemon Trading Card Game, probably for the drops. Okay, yeah, he probably, yeah, there's probably, yeah, because his last stream was four days ago, which was before the drops were even around. So the last stream before those were, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think people are, some people are aware, not everyone, I think, but it would be just nice if it was in the right category. I mean, it being in both categories would be fine, but like it, I don't know, it just feels like another of those things where it's like, can't they just like TPCI just like do one like if it feels like there's always something with TPCI, you know what I'm saying? Which kind of just is a drag. It's like the drops are cool. We've been waiting for the drops. They're here and they're not even in the PTCG live category. It's like, come on. Like, why does it always have to be something where we can like be like, what are you doing? What is going on here? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just I don't know. It's just such a drag because it's like I don't want to hate on them. But like, how can I not? bro? It's like they hit the they hit the dartboard, but like they're a little off target, right? Hit someone else's dartboard like they <laughs> yeah. threw it and they got a bullseye on someone else's dartboard. And it's like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like tough. It's it's really tough because it's it's a constant. You know what I'm saying? Like we want TPCI to do the cool things for the community. We want to be on their side. But then it's just like it's like 
this feels like a pretty big miss as well too like this is like obviously isn't like a huge deal yeah but it's like, i would call this pretty minor overall yeah sure. but it's like it's like how do you mess this up <laughs> it's like how i feel about it it's like one of those things that's like it's not that big of a deal but on the other hand how do you how do you not have it in because the it is such category? a not big deal like how is yeah. it not how is it not yeah yeah exactly it's like not that big yeah, of a yeah. deal so then how is it not just done and my only thing i can think of is twitch only gave them one category and they went with the category where they streamed their regionals which i think would be fine if that is the case where like twitch is like we can give you one category to do your drops in then i'm like okay maybe that's fair um i feel like a company as big as pokemon you know they've been on like the front page of twitch and stuff before i don't think twitch would mind giving them drops in two categories so um I don't know. Hopefully it gets changed to both categories or at least, but if we had to pick a category, I think we would just pick PDCG live, right? Like that's the category it should be in. If it's going to be yeah. just one category. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's what we would pick, but it probably isn't what they would pick because they want it to be in the category that they're streaming their tournaments in and they're going to be continuing to stream their tournaments in the trading card game category. Right. I mean, I guess, but like, I mean, between me and Mahone, we're going to get more traffic to people watching streams to getting the good on PDCG live to submit the stuff than they are. So like, I mean that's not true. The regional oh, streams and, have actually been doing really good recently. It's like three yeah, K plus. Yeah, me and Mahone stream like every day though. <laughs> like yeah, it's sure, like, sure, 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 we're, sure. overall, like comparatively, the amount of traffic me and Mahone will push to PDCG Live through drops versus the main regional streams is not even comparable, I don't think. I think it's probably like ten to one. Um so I don't know. Just like just for those numbers alone, it seems reasonable to put it there. And that's just me and Mahone, right? And then when LDF or whoever else is on as well, like um there's that much more. So yeah, hopefully it's just like, I don't know, it just feels, it's like another one of those things where it feels like, yeah, it is just such a small thing, but how do you not get it right kind of thing. But yeah, it's cool to see. It's here finally, you know, but of course with TPCI, there's always things that can be immediately improved upon. And speaking of things that are, well, maybe not here finally, but on their <laughs> way. <laughs> I really tried with that transition. Didn't quite <laughs> yeah, hit, though. <laughs> uh, there was a couple cool announcements this week about some upcoming sets. First one is going to be a special set coming out in January called More Haldean Fates. Fates. Shining Fates. Fates, Hidden Fates, Hidden Legends. It's not a fate. No, it's not a fate. But they can't stay away from the fates as well. What <laughs> yeah, is, what's no, going no, on with the fates, bro? <laughs> Who at TPCI is obsessed with the fate? Well, they just want to know like the conclusion of all the regions. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the fate of because Paldean is Paldea is one of the regions, right? So like it is the this fate. current region, yes. Yeah. So this this they just want to know the the like the fate of the region. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. yeah these are the Paldean What do you think fate. of Shiny Dondozo? It's pretty dope. Uh, those yeah. are, the, well, it's just kind of like it's just white. I don't know, like the super simple shiny. Oh, I guess you know what? It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm this down one that this looks one. absolutely no different than its original. I don't know what the original looks like, to be honest. It, it's so weird for me with Pokemon because, like, I only see the card artworks and, like, the amount of Pokemon I've been like, oh, wait, that's what it's looked like when I see it in the video game or, like, an, an, uh, an image of it. Of, like, it as a Pokemon, not just the card artwork. Because the card artworks can be, like, deceiving as to Here what the Pokemon Here's a side by side of Cerulege. Oh. So, wait, the other one is the shiny one? Yes. Yeah, it is a Fates card. They're the same, dude. Yeah. <laughs> the only difference <laughs> is the eyes is the only difference there's not even like a color tone difference is there nope it is literally bit, right? the eyes and that is it so it's a little lighter it looks a little lighter it's like no. yeah shiny it's like shiny gangar is like a, a lighter or it might be darker i don't even remember it's one pikachu's kind of same it, it, shiny yeah, pikachu is like darker. burnt pikachu <laughs> yeah, burnt pikachu. <laughs> pikachu that's been at the beach for a week you know yeah. <laughs> 
It literally looks like like a like a cookie that's been left in the oven a little bit too long. So yeah, this set is gonna be pretty big. Two hundred and forty cards, one hundred and thirty shiny Pokemon, eleven shiny Pokemon EX. There's gonna be special art rarities and stuff. Actually, as we're recording, uh, the shiny treasure EX set, which is Japan's version of this set, is like oh wait, hold on. <laughs> currently releasing as we're recording. Okay. What? I just like looked at the Frigibax. It literally looks like the meme of that kid holding the soda, kind of side eyeing the camera. Uh, scroll down to the. <laughs> I'm not on that page yet. Hang on. I think we're on the same page. It's just bot lower. I think. Oh, you were on the same page, but yeah. yeah. Does it not look like the? Do you know the I'm meme? Not sure I'm looking if I know at? what meme you're talking about. Okay, hold up. You're finding this meme. It literally looks like. Hang on, I'm gonna put it in. I'll send it to you on Discord. Okay, <laughs> live meme finding with Azul GG. This one. But yes, yeah, so everyone knows what I'm talking. Everyone, everyone. Oh, in the oh, oh, sure. About. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this meme. Yeah, it literally <laughs> looks like. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Crunch Max <laughs> looks like, bro. <laughs> Dude, he just saw he saw something sus, bro. He's like, what the <laughs> okay? <laughs> Holy yeah, fair, fair. Um, but yeah, so this set is gonna have a bunch of reprints, but as Azul mentioned, with little frigibacks here, there are a handful of new cards. Not everything has been revealed just yet, I don't think, but there are several that have been and several pretty good cards. I don't think there's gonna be anything like crazy in this set, I wouldn't expect. But it'll be like uh, Obsidian Flames. Yeah. You're like, what? Well, yeah, I mean, you never know, though, like with these special sets, because I mean, I always go back to Shining Legends had Zorg GX in it. Right. So sure. But it was released in a main set after that. Right. Zorg was. No, it was only ever in that set. And then we also like, got like Victini product. Victini Prism came out of that once. That was like a yeah, big Dragon Vault. Yep. Yeah. Quagsire. Yeah. Uh, the there's a couple cards in usually. That set too. There's usually like a couple cards. But... Oh, it's a big one. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Pokemon TPCI does a great job with these products, to be honest. I mean, dude, like they know what they're doing when they're making this a promo product, right? Like, is that another Charizard artwork? That's another one, right? It's the same as the one from Obsidian Flames, just shiny. Dude. Yes, they know what they're doing, man. The collector <laughs> community, bro, they're honestly like they're being. Uh... TPCI is pulling one over on them, bro. It's what like... do you mean? There's like 20 Charizard artworks of the same card, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, it, for me personally, like, I'm not a big collector, so I don't really have the same kind of. But, like, uh, it would just be. For me, it's like like looking at it from the outside in because I'm not really like a huge collector in the Pokemon space. Like, there's like the things that I like to collect in Pokemon are like little niche stuff. You know, I don't need every Charizard or anything, but like, I just feel like it decreases the value or like the like sentimental value towards it feels it. less so special many. yeah it feels like a, way less yeah to get a like a cool charizard ex when it's like one of 20 different artworks you know what i'm saying yeah like back in the day when you got like a full art card like when i would pull a full art, full art card as like a kid that'd be like such a bigger deal it's like there's the normal art and there's the full art and that's it like it's like oh my god i got the full art you know what i'm saying but yeah i don't know on the outside looking in it kind of it feels so what is like the word there's more to chase, but it does devalue the like, it makes it feel 
When I say devalue, I don't mean like monetary. I mean like like you said, sentimental, right? Like it just yeah, it does feel, and and that's I think kind of the case for just well, we opening about this with sets the... in general right now, right? Because I don't know, like you back. I, like in the X and Y era, you got six ultra rares per box. Yeah. Now you get 12 ultra rares per box because you get the yeah. illustration rares, the character rares and all that stuff mixed in there as well, which those are cool. I'm glad they're doing that, but there's just so many different versions of all these cards, right? Like it just it feels feel really... a little too much, not even just like you're talking about Charizard specifically, but like not even just that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Even just feels really like the trainer cards that come out there's like three different versions of it yeah it it seems like because like the idea of like some like doing master sets or like collecting all of one card like the idea that i like like i kind of like that idea or i think that's cool um like i've been personally like i don't know i like i've been collecting like one of each booster box when they come out um but like if there was like a full art booster box and then a super rare booster box of each booster box, I'd be like, I'm not doing this, bro. Like I like the idea of just like, you know, getting the one booster box of each set. Well, you know, like there's cool. people who collect the elite trainer boxes, right? Yeah, and then yeah. they started doing the Pokemon yeah. Center exclusively <laughs> trainer boxes. And then some of the sets, there's two different versions of them as well, right? Yeah. So Yeah, it just feels really draining. Cause like I think the idea, like we talked about this a little bit with like the the felted hat Pikachu stuff that went on. Like the idea of exclu- ex- exclusivity to me personally as someone who like does like collecting some stuff if there wasn't if there was zero exclusivity i would have no interest in collecting something right the idea that i have something that not everyone has that definitely increases the value of it to me and makes it cooler um but when you have to when it's like yeah there's so much of it because like yeah you said it's so easy to pull cards now and then there's so many versions of everything it definitely just feels like it dilutes the collecting aspect of it all but i don't know i mean like i said i'm not a huge collector i don't think you are either right like in terms you have you have your collection but like you don't yeah, like, I, I, I collect like retro. That's what I was gonna say. And yeah, cards and stuff. I don't really collect the new stuff very much. Yeah, I guess like anyone who like is like more in the collector side of things, or like both, because I feel like a lot of Pokemon players are like more both than not. Like people who play Pokemon also, like, you know, are collectors to some extent as well, because it kind of makes sense. Um, but let us know if you feel like through over the out throughout the years, has it felt? I don't know, just kind of the, the diminished. It just feels, yeah. Yeah. Idea of yeah, it. I mean, I still like. I get packs every once in a while like you never buy packs but like i'll buy a pack every once in a while or if there's like a cool um product that comes out like a collection box like for the promo charmanders right that came out as opposed to just going online and buying the charmanders i did go out and buy the like promo boxes because i wanted to open the 151 set and you know had a good time doing that and like when i get cool cards of like pokemon that are my favorites i do keep them and hang on to them right well, I've been doing that with like so whenever I do open some products, like a Pokemon sends me some product to open or yeah, something like yeah, that. Exactly. I keep some of the the artwork rares, like those are really sick. Like the new, the one I tweeted about the other day, the Palafin, bro, that artwork is sick. That that's like a cool. card that I definitely like. That's like that's a card that I'm gonna want to get my hands on and, and keep. Will be one of those. Even, I might even go out of my way to get like a PSA ten or something or a a CGC ten. You mean CGC ten, CGC ten. <laughs> um, uh, and hold on to that because like that's yeah, those are like the little things that I like 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 artwork is sick like that that I want like a maybe a ten of that or just get the card itself who knows but yeah all right yeah it's cool what's cool for these sets as well so it's like they get shiny versions of a lot of playable cards already like the promo that is in the elite trainer box is Mimikyu right which is a pretty playable card in the stall deck. Um, I've even seen I've been seeing people put Mimikyu and Guardi, which I don't know. Maybe we talk about that during 
the Brisbane and uh, Gdansk chat. But that's just like stop the turn one attack. Yeah, it's a, for Iron Hands decks. Mm. So when they escape up, you just cry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is the issue, right? But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I've seen that pop up a little bit. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it's cool. Like there'll be like new versions of, um, existing like shiny shiny versions of like new cards which like you know some people like to you know bring out their decks and stuff there's a lot of yeah, options yeah. there now but there are a handful of new cards as well so we should talk about and just read through a couple of them because there's definitely some that i think there's a couple of these cards that are pretty good but nothing that's like uh meta defining i don't think by any means so let's just go mm-hmm. through a couple of these new cards if that's cool Into we'll start it. with Aspathra ex here it's a stage one grass type terra pokemon and it's got the ability dazzling gaze it's got 260 hp as well and it says as long as this pokemon is in the active spot attacks used by your opponent's active pokemon cost colorless more and then it's attack cyball for one energy does 30 plus damage 30 more for each energy attached to both active pokemon yours and your opponent's so obviously a little bit of synergy there with the attack effect and the ability right um What's this the best? Me... Uh, was it? What's the best form of energy acceleration for this? Because it takes a psychic. Yeah. You don't have to play it with Zatu though. Yeah, you might just play it with like double turbo energy or something, right? I feel like you're not putting out enough damage if you're doing that. Yeah, probably not. But there has to be something that like maybe it is just Zatu though. To be honest, Zatu and Zatu and double turbos probably. Mm-hmm. You still play yeah, double Zatu. turbos, but I guess you could. Oh, you could do Cherim, but then you need psychic double turbo and Cherim. This reminds me of that yeah. Grim Snarl from Rebel Clash. Do you remember this card? Oh, oh wait, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said nope and said yeah. It's literally like the same thing. It's attack makes the ability the uh, energy costs more, and then or sorry, its ability makes your opponent's energy costs more, and its attack does more for each yeah. energy attached. Is this it. the is this the Grim Snarl that people like? It was like a meme deck for a little while. Oh yeah, one, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. It was I, actually I decent. Like, it wasn't terrible. Yeah, it was not terrible. No. Um, and then there was this breakpoint trevenant, which was like basically the same thing as well. So it's like this effect has existed <laughs> many mm. times uh, yeah. in the history of the game. None of those cards have been particularly strong, but they've never been like totally terrible, right? Like you said, the Grimstar yeah. was like okay. People did play that trevenant, though it was not very good to play alongside just regular trevenant, right? You wanted your uh, item lock trevenants to be there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I could see this being very okay, but definitely, I don't know. It's just cool that there's more of this type of stuff, right? That you could like hop on the ladder with an Espathra deck and like not get totally dumpstered probably, right? You could build like a decent Espathra deck. I mean, it doesn't seem terrible to be honest. Like I, like thinking about his matchups, like against Guardi, um, I mean, you got double turbos in there. You can like maybe do some yoga loop shenanigans as well. There, you're going to be able to want to KO them pretty much no matter what. I guess Guardi X might be a little bit tough to take down, but then like Charizard's going to find it really annoying to get a third energy. And then early game, they can't even want to KO an Espathra. So, yeah, it is a grass type. Point. So against something like oh, Charizard. Oh, true, yeah, you just kind of... Smack him. Yeah. yeah just kind of smack him the Zard. Yeah. It definitely seems like right now for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we've got this Charmeleon, which is kind of a, a sneaky good card here. 90 HP stage one. And it's got the ability Flare Veil. Prevent all effects of attacks used by your opponent's Pokemon done to this Pokemon. So this will prevent things like uh, Sableye's Lost Mine. It'll also prevent things like uh, Cresselia placing damage on it, stuff like that does have 90 HP. The current Charmeleon has 100 HP. There is a 90 HP one as well that people can play. Yeah. You could play a couple of this one with Level Ball. I don't know. I could definitely see this becoming the optimal Charmeleon for Charizard decks for sure. 
I mean, you stop Sableye, you stop uh, TMD Evolution, yeah, right? That's yeah, true too, yeah. And then, um, I like is like decent up against Mimikyu, right? You're doing the other ones, like the one that does 90 KOs Mimikyu, but they usually have a Bravery Charm. You have to discard an energy, so I was not very efficient at dealing with Mimikyu because they just have to penny a couple times, and you run out of energy. And then the other one does 70 damage, and then 22 itself, which is yeah. also not great against the Mimikyu, especially if they have the Defiance Vest or the Luxurious Cape. So that's like this Charmeleon is probably the best at dealing with Mimikyu, to be honest, as well. There's the flat 50 over and over again. Yeah, but it doesn't even two hit KO. So maybe, I don't even, I don't know if it really would I mean, be like, the best. You can't penny loop a, you can't penny loop a three hit KO though. So it'd get there eventually. The penny loop will break eventually. Yeah. Then we've got a Frigibax here. Frigibax maybe the new optimal 70 HP Frigibax. It's got. <laughs> Collect for water energy, draw a card. I don't know. I mean, the other one does have the 50 damage attack, which you can use sometimes against Gardevoir. Yeah. But yeah, we were talking about this one. Like, yeah, the other Fridge is so bad when you start with it, but at least this yeah. time you put him to work, he'll draw you a card. <laughs> like, he's got to earn his spot because opening the 70 HP Fridge Backs and Chien Pao, it's not always terrible because sometimes you don't care about pushing Chien Pao turn one. But the games that you do, it's mostly terrible. You really hate the 70 HP Fridge Backs, but. At least he can draw you a card now. I started the 70 HP Frigibacks so much at LAIC, dude. So much. Yeah. Um, We've got this Kilowattrel, which, hey, a little buff to the United Wings deck. That's what we all love to see. It's got United Thunder. Hey. Does 10 damage to one of your opponent's benched Pokemon for each Pokemon in your discard pile that has the United Wings attack. Obviously, United Wings is not great right now. You got Iron Hands running all over the formats. Uh, feels yeah. like a pretty weak one prize deck to choose to play at the moment. Probably doesn't even do very good against stuff like Charizard, right? It's just got so much HP. Uh, but if you were to play United Wings, I feel like one or two of these guys make sense in there, right? Yeah, I guess you can like clean up KOs or get some sneaky knockouts on like slower HP stuff on the bench. You'd probably at least play one, I guess. But yeah, the caps out at like 110 damage or something. So not hitting very hard on the bench. Next up is one that I actually think I think this card is pretty good. Not like amazing, obviously, um, because your opponent does have some control over it. But in certain metas, I think this card could be pretty decent in certain decks. It is a Mime Junior 30 HP basic Pokemon with a free attack, no energy cost, make believe copycat. Your opponent chooses one of their Pokemon's attacks and then you use that attack as this attack. So obviously in certain matchups this card would be pretty terrible right like against gardevoir <laughs> they would just choose slap you're only doing 30 damage like that's not going to be very good but like man if even there have been decks in the past say i don't know arceus giratina or arceus duraludon like there have been decks in the past that really only have high hp pokemon in play with high damage attacks and i mean in a meta full of Arceus Duraludon, something like this seems like it would probably be pretty good, right? Just yeah. a free 200, 220 damage, whatever it is that they choose. I mean, I guess they're always going to choose 200 unless you could get the benefit of accelerating, I guess, whatever. But I don't know. What do you think of Mime Jr. as a little? Yeah, it definitely is like one of those cards. Where it's like, uh, I'm trying to like think of a comparison for like a good card where it's like, yeah, I'll just have those matchups where you're just like, I mean, I guess like Minior is maybe the best comparison right now. It's like, eh, I want to be able to have a better control matchup, play the Minior. I want to be able to have a better. There's no matchup right now that sticks out where I think the Mime Junior yeah. would do anything. 
Um, and it, uh, even on top of that, like like you said, like if it was up against like an Arc Dura, um, you put it like they, they once they know you have it, maybe they do something like if they still play the Alakazam, whatever they bench the Alakazam, but now they have a one prizer in place. Now you can go one, two, three with the prize trade, right? So even yeah, if they yeah, have yeah. like a so like it, even though they could just bench something that has like a pretty bad attack, all of a sudden it could change up your prize trade and make it easier for you to actually win the game with yeah. it or without it. So yeah, it's just kind of how you have to wait for one of those matchups to come around where it'll be beneficial i can't think of one off the top of my head right now but yeah. like yeah definitely something to like remember exists and like this, these are the kind of cards that i tell people you just want to own one of these like you should just own a mime junior there's no reason yeah. not to spend the five cents pick up your mind like these cards are like so ridiculously cheap now too like back in the day the mime junior might cost like 50 cents now it's like five cents like it's actually ridiculous how cheap pokemon cards are like because i've been going out of my way to like get a uh like minimum rarity master set of every single set since Scarlet and Violet. So, you know, going on my way to get the cards, but like it really isn't like the things like this are just like not, you can spend like 10 bucks and get like all the possible or even less, all the possible tech cards from every single set or from each set. Yeah. Get like all those things just stocked up and just be ready just in case. Yeah. Uh, this is a card. Like, yeah, I don't think that there's anything right now that sticks out that this is good against, but before this card leaves the standard format, there will be some deck that exists that like includes this card that does decently that like that is yeah. a good deck i i think for sure um we don't have to talk about fiddle or gimmigool here that we've got a great tusk ex a new great tusk ex it is different from the one that came out in scarlet and violet base set and this one is an ancient pokemon so you get to use it with sada or any other of the ancient support cards like the ancient booster energy capsule it's got an ability here, Quaking Destruction. If this Pokemon is in the active spot at the end of your turn, discard the top five cards of your deck. Don't know about that one. And then for a Fighting and three Colorless, it has Great Bash, 260 damage. This attack's damage isn't affected by any effects on your opponent's active Pokemon. High cost uh, to use this card, not only in its attack cost, but in the fact that you have to mill your own deck when it's active. What do you think, Azul? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to be a path deck, I think, right? Is there anything else that can, like, shut off your own ability? Or is it just path? I think it is just path right now. Yeah, so it'd have to be a path deck, for sure. Um, Garbo, if Garbotoxin comes back, maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think uh i mean that's that's a lot of damage decent hp on a basic 250 put a bravery charm on there 300 a lot of damage yep 260 is a lot like there's a lot this this is this is the kind of getting to the territory this is what we were talking about with charizard ex right we're like it doesn't look that good but if the stats are high and that's what the big thing that carries charizard ex is its hp right yep. if charizard had less hp it would not be as good it's like perfect and i think it's fine for charizard to exist in the matter the way it does um yeah, once the stats get high enough, sometimes it's like, all right, how do I brute force this thing out and then just start cooking, right? Because so this could be one of those cards for sure. I mean, could there ever be a world there. where like you would play this in a Roaring Moon deck and you would play Dark and Fighting Energy, right? People play the energy switches. Like maybe if there was some... I feel like Moon already like kind of... You'd want to take advantage of a tie. Moon HP. kind of already one-shots everything, I guess. Yeah. So you'd want to take advantage of the things 250 HP. Yeah. Make it 300 with a Bravery Charm. Or there's like the fighting thing too. Reduce the damage your fighting Pokemon takes by... Or, or the Booster Capsule. Oh, wait. Yeah, Booster Capsule for plus 60. Yeah. Yeah, we're cooking. 310. 
310 on a basic's pretty good, man. Yeah. I think we have to play Path, though. I don't think we can let our ability trigger too many times or we're cooked. <laughs> the win con against this deck is literally just like add more stadiums to your deck. And then, like, <laughs> then you lose or then you win. We've got another EX here. The Iron Treads EX, similarly to the uh, Iron... Or, sorry, the Great Tusk. It is a Paradox Pokemon, so this is a future Pokemon. And nothing really special going on here. Just one attack. No abilities, just one single attack. Two metal and a colorless. It has clad rolling. I almost said Chad rolling, but it is clad. <laughs> it, this Pokemon is definitely a Chad rolling around, right? Iron Treads, the Chad. <laughs> the Chad. Clad rolling, 150 damage. You may discard a future booster energy capsule attached to this Pokemon. If you do, during your opponent's next turn, this Pokemon takes 150 less damage from attacks. That's a lot of reduction. Yeah. I think I got 220 uh, HP, though, like base. I don't know how we're getting the extra metal energy on this thing either. Is there any? We don't got metal saucer. Nope. Lost zone iron treads. Some, yeah. you're, only hitting for you're only hitting for 150 as well. So it's like you're not dying, but you're not KOing anything either. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, you got to do it multiple times. Is there anything? There's not really anything to get back the tools in the format right now, is there? No, I don't think so. Not no, like eco arm or anything like that. I mean, if you could like chain them hardcore, like every single turn, 50, 150 less, plus a, um, oh no, I was gonna say plus a tool card, but that is your tool card. So yeah, yeah. one fifty yeah. less would be pretty good. Um, I don't think so though. Um, we don't have to read the golden go. I just want to say how disappointed I am that they didn't give us a golden go one prize. Like the ex isn't even that good. They didn't give us a golden go that synergizes with that at all. This thing sucks. Like it's so <laughs> bad. It does. You would never play this in your golden go deck. Yeah, it actually, it's kind of disappointing. Like that's what I just wanted to mention about this. Yeah, it would make. Yeah, it would be cool if they had made it something that could work. Like did something similar to the two prize golden go, right? But because right now, like you have like the Caesar in the golden go decks, but it like it doesn't feel great. So if you just had a one prize golden go that did something, it was just like good as a one prize attacker. That yeah. would help Golden Go a lot, to be honest, because like, you don't have to worry about playing this extra Caesar line and how much Caesar do you play? One, one, two, two, like yada yada. But it's so bad. Like its first attack accelerates energy from your hand to your Pokemon. You don't want to do that. Golden Go EX is a one energy attacker. You don't need energy. And you want your energy to not be in play. You yeah, want you to want them be in your hand. them every turn. Yeah. It's just yeah, that was a really big disappointment when I first started. it. So we can move on. Yep. Next one I want to talk about is the Technical Machine Crisis Shot, a new TM. This one, man. This one is good. <laughs> Cram is like, let's go. Yeah. I'm back, baby. Cramorant is going crazy right now. So three colorless, even... 280 ahead, damage for this TM. And you can only use this attack if your opponent has exactly one prize card remaining. Oh, like I'm envisioning like a comeback loss box where it's like countercatcher you sit you got devo you have tm devo spreading with sableye if you're up against different matchups you're like taking knockouts and then you're like let them go down to one prize card and then you're like cram crisis shot countercatcher two prize cards like this is this card i think is this is just a stupid card like it's this literally super good and there says says cramorant does 280 damage when your opponent has one prize card and you're playing a one prize deck so they have one prize dude card. this like, card is good in just like other stuff too like three colorless um, energy 280 like maybe nothing Your deck not being built around it feels like the harder and also guaranteeing being at one prize card is the thing as well right yeah but sure but there's you're plenty playing of like a... that can 
like I'm like you're not gonna slap this in a Maridon deck or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like Guardi's already wanted KO and stuff. You know, they'd rather play Luxurious Cape probably to uh, yeah, sure. enable the Cleffa or the Screamtail a little bit better. So but this with Cram just seems disgusting. Like this is uh, like Yo, is this what Lost Tina needs? Lost Tina needs I mean, no, Cram is Lost Tina now. Like <laughs> Lost Tina's There's done. No Tina this, anymore. You got this yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> After this thing card comes out, what's the point of playing Lost Tina, bro? We got it. We got Lost Tina. It's so a tool you can card. Do 280 on other turns. <laughs> Yeah, well, but then if you're using three energy, oh, so it's like after you cram, you go Lost Tina, Lost Tina, cram. Okay, yeah. I think just like a deck built around this is probably makes more sense. You know, are you playing Arvins in there? I don't know, maybe Town Stores. But like, you know, being able to access these cards is still important, especially on the turn where you need them. So, um, but yeah, I think some kind of like almost checkmate Lost Box, because it can check with Lost Box and already kind of do that with TM Diva now. Like Save Life plus TM Diva, like it's a lot of checkmate scenarios. So this is like even more towards that so yeah this card is kind of absurd i think i don't know if it'll be broken but it just kind of seems un like i read it and i was like this is obviously just for cramorant like oh, that's where it's gonna go the most this just feels unnecessary like i don't know that's how i felt when i read it yeah well i mean i don't even know how much like dude cramorant came out so like by the time this card comes out cramorant will have come out like 18 months before this right so it's yeah like but but like mini definitely came out I think Minior definitely came out as a response to Snorlax. They knew what Snorlax was going to be able to do with Countercatcher, and Minior came out last set, right? Yeah, like that's fair. I, I think that's. I think they were like, "Yep, Snorlax and Countercatcher is really good." They definitely Let's do design an cards like thinking of everything in the format, but like they also think about future and like where the game is going as well, right? Of course, yeah, yeah. But like Cram is still in format. They could have waited until Lost Box maybe dies with rotation, then give us this, right? Or I guess this actually like fits with May, the This will come out when rotation happens. Right? Or no, we'll get this no, before, before, right? Before, yeah. Well, yeah, well, we, we don't stop know. Getting... We don't, that's another part of this. We don't know exactly when rotation is going to be, but we have a pretty good idea, right? Yeah, we got a pretty good idea. All right, last card. Actually, well, yeah, go ahead. Which of the these card. three counts as the last card? I'm curious. <laughs> oh, well, I thought we were just going to read the backpack card, but what is Nimona? You don't know what Nimona is? No, that's what I was going to ask. I thought we were going to. We don't have to read the, the other ones, to be honest. Your opponent Dude. reveals their hand, draw two cards for each card you find. Yo, that's an anti control card Do right there. Do you know who Clive. Nimona is, Azul? off the top of my head this is a card that exists in the format already i mean no one uses it though right yeah it's in scarlet and violet base set i'll give you one hint and you can okay. guess what nimona does okay <laughs> sure nimona is your rival in the video games uh, i didn't play the newest video game though, Dude, did I? like come on man it's like what the same card effect that every rival oh, draw three draw three oh <laughs> draw three so you get to get two of them back let's go we're cooking. Is this you what draw like three engine. needs to be broken to be a good card effect? You just you get them back. Combo it with what was like taking advantage of like draw three. Oh well, people were playing like draw threes in Golden Go, but there's so many better options. There. Yeah, Colrus. <laughs> like I can't believe people were playing like four worker and our Averys and stuff before playing four Colrus. Like that blew my mind. I mean, I think but. you can make an argument for Avery for sure, depending on the the meta. But yeah, I'm trying to see more cards. We're trying to cook here. <laughs> And then, yeah, a couple more supporters, Clive and students in Paldea. Nothing really special going on there. Those are the new cards revealed so far from Shiny Treasure EX, which will become our Paldean Fates set. But that's not the only new set that was announced. In fact, today, Poke Beach was, uh, they said they can exclusively reveal March's English SV5 set will be called. Oh, wait, hold on. I didn't read that part. Does that mean... Poke Beach got 
the go ahead from TPCI to be the first. That's what it news sounds outlet like. Has, yeah, but which is a, I think that's a big step forward in terms of. Dude, th- th- this sentence has been said at the beginning of so many articles over the years. Oh, okay. Wait, on Poga Beach? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Probably not then. Yeah. But that's what it sounds like. It sounds like they were given this information first, but I guess not. A lot of this is also theory uh, on the part of Poga Beach as well. It says it's temporal forces. They're predicting that it'll be based on Wild Force and Cyber Judge, the Sets coming out in January in Japan, and based on those names, Wild Force and Cyber Judge, they're predicting it'll be more future and ancient Pokemon, which would be Walking Wake and Iron Leaves, because those are two Pokemon that came out in the video mm-hmm. game simultaneously as downloadable. Like, uh, oh, wait, so this isn't a new block. Raid right? This is the second half of the first block, right? Or of the Scarlet Violet block. We're getting into the second half, yeah. Yeah, okay, but a block is what eight sets. N- no well oh like of the uh like, like the, the 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 regulation mark well scarlet and violet like initiated the new block right yeah so Some people call block, it blocks would be all of the what? sword and shield cards or all of the sun and moon cards right yeah yeah yeah. that's what i mean it's yeah, like yeah, 12 yeah. Steps usually okay 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 yeah, so that's what i meant violet five so it's like three years worth of sets yes okay okay how long have you I thought it was two. For game? some reason, I thought it was two. Has it been two in the past? Where I was like, I thought it was eight like main sets and then a bunch of little. But it's twelve main sets. So like X and Y came out in 2014. Yeah. And then, and then we had 2015, 2016, yeah. 2017 was Sun and Moon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know why I thought it was eight always. Like I guess I, I just had the like if I thought about it, I'd probably realize it was like three years more or so. Uh, but it basically is just three years of sets for each block. Yeah. Okay, cool. For some reason, yeah. For some reason, I thought... I don't know what I thought, to be honest. All right, but yeah, keep going. Continue. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Temporal Forces will be the March set, apparently. Yeah, I don't know exactly where this data comes from. Also, I guess I'm hoping that this is, like, okay for us. Like, that this is, like, kosher to talk about at this point, because it's on Poke Beach, but... Oh, po- yeah, Poke Beach usually doesn't release stuff that's, like, not... Uh, they release leaks sometimes, but I think they avoid that. Like they they do not release stuff that's like leaked. I mean, like that Mew card that's been leaked all over the place, right? Is that here? No, but that's that's what I mean. Was talked about on Poke Beach. Oh, um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, for some reason I guess I thought like Aspex coming out was like us leading to a new block or something, but it's just like the next mechanic, which is like always the first set of usually the year a new mechanic does like new lead thing. to a new block. Yes. But But like the mechanic that is the the new block kickoff. Well, not so like (laughs) first set at the beginning. The first set each year, which is this going to be the set? Like the the series, right? So this is we're in the Scarlet and Violet block. But within that, there's usually like three new game mechanics that come out that separate the blocks based on regulation marks normally. And now with the the newest set that came out. we have yeah they are i'm just looking at cards so apex will be in this set though right we're assuming yeah we I mean, are they assuming will be. they, they will. don't know apex sure. will be in this set they'll be in this set. this is like the new the first of the new four so yeah apex will be up um i thought that for some reason i thought that the newest set was a new regulation mark but it's actually not i thought that oh this set will be the new regulation Par- mark but yeah but that is weird actually because normally the start of a new mechanic would be the start of a new regulation mark 
No, shit, stuff usually lags, right? Because, like, uh, Prism's lagged. Like, we lost... No, no, but we weren't up to a rotation well, with Prisms. Japan. Prisms were a little different. That wasn't like a full, like it was a new game mechanic, but that wasn't the flagship game mechanic. That's true. That's true. They, but the they flagship game like mechanic halfway. was Ultra Beasts. Or so it was like so the way flag, it went. But Ancients so, and Futures aren't a flagship game mechanic. I, I guess not. Yeah, yeah so, they are coming in like halfway through the first four. So this would be Aspects will be this flagship mechanic, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So what was the one before Ancient and Future? It was. Well, it was just the new generation. So it always EXs. goes like new it generation. E- it was just EXs. New generation, new game mechanic, yeah. and then new game mechanic is like how it's broken up. So like, yeah, it, for in this instance, it was EXs. But like thinking back to like uh, Sword and Shield, right? It was um, Vs. Pokemon and Vs and Vmaxes. Yeah. It was v, Vs and Vmaxes. Then it was the Styles. Then it was oh, Styles. Oh, true. Single Strike, Rapid Strike, and then Fusion Strike came out after, and then it was V-Stars, and that was the last game mechanic. And then going back even further to Sun and Moon, it was uh, GX Pokemon, Sun and Moon came out, then it was Ultra Beasts, that was the new game mechanic, and then it was Tag Teams, that was the new game mechanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense, makes sense. But then, like, within that, there was the Prism Stars and stuff. I've just never really thought about that too deeply before. This, this, like, the stuff just kind of comes out. It's so much easier to actually, for me, to keep up with what rotates, though, because of the set number. Or letter. I'm bad. My bad. The, <laughs> the regulation mark. Yeah, the regulation mark. Yeah. That, makes that is so definitely a good easier. thing that they have added to cards now. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps everything just locked in. Knowing where it's going is nice to know. Um, but yeah, so we'll be getting... I remember so- when... Uh, <laughs> just one more thing. Whenever uh, Celebrations first came out, I played at a 1K tournament and someone had a Tapu Lele GX in their deck like a couple weeks after Celebrations came out. Because they pulled it from celebrations. <laughs> They're like, what do you mean? I can't I play this card? <laughs> I just pulled it from the new set. We all wish we could play that card. <laughs> like <laughs> you can play it, I can play it too. Um, so yeah, we'll be this will be like a culmination of all the stuff that Japan is getting between now and this is supposed to release on March twenty second. Um, and we can basically just kind of we can basically just assume that's when rotation will hit as well. Last year rotation hit with our March set and Scarlet and Violet. Uh, this next year, we're getting this uh, towards the end of March, March 22nd. It's pretty safe to assume that's when rotation will hit for us as well. Rotation might hit Japan sooner, though. Um, Japan's might be in like January. Which is what happened last year. Days. Yeah. yeah. But we will be getting cards on the same day as Japan is getting them on March 22nd, it sounds like. So some of the cards, Japan will already have had access to for like two months. But then... Uh, you know, cards that make up probably at least half our set or so will be coming out in Japan the same day it's coming out for us. And, yeah, so the release date is set to be March 22nd, and do you know what happens two weeks after March 22nd, the weekend that these cards would be legal for competitive play? And I see. EUIC. And EUIC last year was the first tournament of the new format, of post-rotation. So... Yeah, I mean, pretty cool. I, I would be down for EUIC every year to just kind of be like the launching off point of like, all right, here's our new format. Here's our rotation. This is the players make happen. I think it's it is super hype for, for it, year. like for rotation to the first weekend of rotation for there to be a major tournament. I think that's super cool. Yeah. Well, in the past, it was like it culminated with worlds, right? We had like a worlds only format where it's like we did rotate. Or we didn't yeah. rotate. Well, that was and like their plan was for a while, but they only did that once. It only happened once. That happened. It was twenty nineteen. It happened twice. The year before that happened as well. No, Robin. Twenty eighteen was Gabriel just Quaza, a Robin one. It was just a new then, set. It wasn't a rotation. It was no, but then just rotate, a new set. no, no, no. The new set came out, and then we rotated immediately after. 
after Worlds. Yeah, yeah, but there was a it was a Worlds only format. Yeah, yeah, so it was yeah. Like but pre rotation with a new set. And then at Worlds 2019, they yeah. changed that to where they rotated before Worlds, and it was a new set. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I'm saying there was like a, like a a Worlds only format. Um, yes. I guess we had that. I guess we had that in London as well with the Pogo format, kind of. No, because we did have a couple tournaments after that in the same format. Yeah, so Baltimore. Quite... I think yeah, it yeah. was the same format. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean that's cool that we're like it's we're still basically kind of synced up. Japan is getting some of the stuff before us, but then it sounds like hopefully at least a decent amount of it they're getting alongside us. Um, their rotation will probably happen sooner, so they will play a format that we don't actually get access to, unfortunately, which will be like half of uh half of temporal forces plus rotation and then we'll, they'll get the re- when they get the rest of temporal forces we'll also get temporal forces and we'll also rotate so we're still pretty much synced up i when i when i heard about what with all this happening uh when i was talking about with my chat earlier i thought we were like getting separated again where i was like come on like what happened last year with scarlet and violet yeah which was kind of a drag like we had to wait two months while Japan already had access to Scarlet and Violet and was already rotated. And we, like, kind of have to do that still, but, like... Yeah, not, not it really. doesn't sound, like, as bad, but I'm hoping, like, we eventually adjust where we just, like, release at the same times. Like, I don't know. It feels like we're still a little bit too separated. It could still get us a little bit closer. But we're, we're really close now. So, like, that's really cool to see in general. So, definitely steps in the right direction. All right, well... Before we get into Guess That Flavor Text, we do need to give a quick thanks and shout out to Dragon Shield for being a sponsor of the Uncommon Energy Podcast. Of course, Dragon Shield makes the best card gaming and tabletop gaming products on the market, including sleeves, binders, deck boxes, and so much more. Definitely the go-to sleeves out there. If you're not using Dragon Shields, you're messing up. We love Dragon Shield over here at Uncommon Energy. Yeah, yeah, huge shout out to Dragon Shield Azoli. They sent me some of their um, new products, the new color, um, and then uh, some of the new, or I guess returning, uh, was it non-glares? I know there's quite a few people out there who oh, are fans okay. of the yeah, non-glares. Yeah. So the non-glares, um, I believe, are going to be making their way back. So, yeah, yeah, huge shout out to Dragon Shield as always. Appreciate it. And uh, check them out as always at Dragon Shield dot com slash web shop slash us or eu depending on where you're located and wherever else as always local card shops big box retailers they're there go pick some up and with that being said we can move on to guess that flavor text and before we actually get into guess that flavor text we got to give a big thank you and shout out uh to a community member who actually went out of their way to do some data compiling for us they actually commented on last week's video on the youtube channel they also sent me a dm over on twitter so shout outs to tim and games for going through and doing all this but uh yeah he went back and looked at every single episode and got us updated on what the score is this is episode 85 so uh pretty sad to look at the point (laughs) total at this (laughs) point but uh azul is sitting at 10 points and I'm sitting at 16 points. So I am solidly in the lead. I thought which... I was further behind you guys. I thought it was going to be like 10 to 20 or something. But <laughs> so I'm like actually I, feeling I've like fumbled the comeback bag a little bit here and there. Yeah. I told that it is definitely possible for me to make a comeback, to be honest, for sure. But with all this as well, um, Tim and Games also like gave us some kind of fun facts about guess that flavor text and like some things that have happened. Only one Pokemon has been picked as. Uh, the card more than once to guess, and that was Mistrevis. Azul yeah. picked it twice. Azul's just <laughs> a big fan of Mistrevis. 
XY base set Skiddo was almost the first card to be picked twice, but Chip caught it in time. Azul tried to <laughs> give me a card that had already been chosen. Uh, the last time I got points was episode 80, so not too long ago. I got two points there. The last time Azul got points, bro, we're on episode 85 right now. The last time you got points was episode 65. Oh, okay, I thought it was going to be worse. That's not that bad. That's 20 episodes. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still only six points behind. This is this looks worse for you, Chip, not me. I think it looks pretty bad for you. I mean, I, I guess it's 20 episodes, but that on, within that, that was only 10 guesses for you, right? Because we alternate every yep. other week. Yep. So 10 guesses in a row of, of getting nothing, right? Okay. Azul got the first correct guess in episode one, and I got my first one in episode eight, tying up the score before we introduced the lifelines in episode nine, which that was definitely a huge help. We needed the lifelines. Yeah, lifelines are necessary. Joe Bernard was our only guest to get points, was in episode 20. And I'm the only one to have ever gotten four points with a guess, which was episode 56. <sighs> There's a couple I should have just like the ice cube one still haunts me to this day. It was like I knew it. it in. I just should have said it. You only got one point on ice cube. Yeah, it was really bad. And then, and one more stat here is how often each lifeline has been used so far: the attack sixty times, the set fifty-five times, and the stage sixty-one times. So shoutouts to Tim oh, really? and Games for getting uh this information compiled for us it's something i've like meant to go back and do to like get back up on the score because i used to keep track of it all but then like we just kind of missed it a couple times i didn't go back catch up on it and so uh we got just a little too far behind always meant to go back never ended up doing it so i'm thankful that <laughs> tim and games went out of their way to do it so i'm up 16 to 10 and this week it's azul's turn to pick and then, uh, yeah, let's intro the the show, the segment, I guess, is all. Yeah, yeah. Guess that flavor text where one of us uh, picks a card and then reads the flavor text on the card for the other the other host to try and guess the Pokemon the card belongs to. Get four points if you get it right without using a flavor without using a lifeline. For each lifeline you lose, you get one less point. The lifelines are what's that the card is from, what stage the card is, read an attack name on the card. Chip, are you ready? Uh, attempt to extend your lead. I'm ready to extend my lead. All right, we'll see about that. <clears throat> the oil-filled tail functions as a buoy, so it's fine even in rivers with strong currents. Oil-filled Whoa, okay. <laughs> oil-filled tail functions as a buoy. Um. So my very first thought is... Hisuian quillfish. It's a poison water type. I think is it a water type? I know it's a poison type, but I mean it definitely like still is in the water. So that would have oil maybe in its tail, using it as a buoy. That's kind of like my first thought. Um, also could be some sort of fire type. There's not many. Is there only one fire water type? And I think it's Volcanian, which this obviously I don't think is. <laughs> what? Volcanian? Does Volcanian have a tail? No. I mean, but Volcanian is not floating in any rivers, bro, for sure. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that would go well for Volcanian. Um, let me start with what set the card is from. I'm going to need some help here for sure. It is from Boundaries Cross. Going back All a right. little bit. 
So it is not Hisuian quillfish. It could be just regular quillfish, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if there is one of those in Boundaries Crossed. Did Boundaries Crossed have plasma cards? I know there is a plasma quillfish that exists. I'm I am pretty no sure there's a plasma quillfish that exists. Boundaries Crossed. Maybe there. I don't think there was any Team Plasma cards. I think they were only in the car, the sets that like were titled Team Plasma. That was like right around that time frame, though. All right, let me hear the flavor text one more time, Azul. Oil filled tail functions as a buoy, so it's fine even in rivers with strong currents. I mean, could this be like War Turtle or Squirtle or something like that? Probably not Squirtle, but War Turtle's got that big tail. I could see this being maybe like a War Turtle. I know there's a War Turtle in Boundaries Cross because that's the set that has Blastoise in it. Um, let me go with uh, read an attack name Water Gun. Yeah, I think it's probably just gotta be War Turtle Man. It could be, could it be Squirtle? I guess it'll have a tail. I mean, turtles have tails, Squirtle's a little turtle, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go with what stage the card is. If it's a stage one, I think I've just got to lock in the War Turtle. It is a basic. I guess I'm going Squirtle then. Um, what other water Pokemon could it be? What else is in that set? Could it be like Basculin? Um, it's got Water Gun. Could it be Oshawott? I don't think there's an Oshawott in that set. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm just going to go. I I just don't remember if I, there might be two squirtles and boundaries crossed one with the ability that people played. And then there might be like another one. I just don't remember. I don't think that the first, the, the one with the ability, I don't think it's attack is water gun, but I, I don't know. I just don't know what else to lock in. So I'm going to just go with it and see if it's right. We'll lock in the squirtle. Come on, Azul. Give me a point. Not- not Squirtle. Squirtle does have a pretty big tail. Actually, I just looked up Squirtle. It's uh, not Squirtle. It is Meryl. 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 Oh, that of makes course, so with sense. the oil-filled tail. How could I forget? Oh, that makes so much <laughs> sense. I this the first attack. The other attack is rollout. I was like, uh, I don't know if I can that use rollout here. Closer. Yeah, the rollout Pokemon are very much rollout pokemon to be honest <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> yeah so much so that they roll out together let's all yeah. roll out together yeah. or whatever so I, was like, I have to is. go with the water gun but i think the water gun was was fine i thought man pika blue my number one enemy now do you know about pika blue that's what people called it when it first got revealed right yeah because they didn't it was one yeah. of the first gen 2 pokemon but people didn't know what it was yeah, and it's blue and it looks like a rat, so <laughs> <laughs> it looks a little bit like Pikachu. Yeah, it's got the the tail with the Pikachu likeness to it. But it has a better shiny than Pikachu. I just like for some reason I just want to look that up. It's green. Shiny it's a Maryland. good shiny. It is a good yeah. shiny. Green shinies. Let's all roll out. This is the one you should have done. Yeah, but what's this flavor text? Even after Meryl swims in a cold sea, its water-repellent fur dries almost as soon as Meryl leaves the water. That is why this Pokemon is never cold. That's a pretty good one. That would have been tough. That one would have been way harder, I think. And then you could, could be Aqua anything. Liner as the attack. Yeah. 
That one would have been tough, I think. That, the, the, this was, the one I gave you was definitely easier than that. Yeah. There's just I mean, so many Pokemon. I'm pretty disappointed in myself, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it makes, I don't know that... Uh, yeah, I, I just... But my head didn't go this direction initially, and so I just yeah. don't think I would have gotten it, but... As soon as you, like, thought of Meryl, though, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's Tail. It makes so much sense. It looks like, yeah. It just makes so much sense. So, a little disappointed, but it is what it is. All right, well, we did have a couple tournaments over the weekend. We can talk about move on to those... Gdansk, dude, I still can't get over that. Is that how you pronounce pronounce that? It just sounds like one of those words where people just change it, like, and they put like a B in front of it. I think I talked about this last yeah, week. Yeah, it's almost like it's in a different language. Badansk and then Brisbane. <laughs> I guess we can start with Badansk. Um, well, Brisbane okay. happened first, technically. Okay, let's start with Brisbane. <laughs> with oh, one thing I'll zones. mention about this, um, what I think is like really cool actually to see. Um, so for the top eight in Brisbane. Um, I was going to mention this last week when we were talking about LAIC. Um, it was in Australia. So there's five Australians, but then you also have Haru from Japan, and then you have Calvin and Gabriel from the United States. I just think it's cool. Well, I want to mention this about LAIC, how much more internationals the ICs seem to be. Like, at LAIC, uh, I think only 50% of the players there, um, well, I guess 50% of them were from brazil and then there's still a lot of other players from latin america but there's like so many europeans and americans that like were there like it was actually kind of it was like i was like it, was like, it felt like i was just like at an american regional um with how many uh you know players from outside of the latin american region were there which is really cool to see and we're seeing that more with like the regionals now too like there's been a couple of regionals uh in the u.s where people have come over um and now uh we got you know even like Brisbane, Brisbane is like a little bit of a stretch for most of the world <laughs> to go to. Uh, but we still got people going over there. Like it's it's really cool to just see like the international competition just happen more throughout the year and kind of just a little bit at the ICs. But it used to in the past it was literally just the top players from the region who who would make their way to the ICs. Um, but now you have like a decent amount of players from from the other regions making their way to the ICs, and then now even some of these regionals as well. Yeah, I mean a huge part of it definitely is the prize pool, right? And uh ian tweeted this out this week saying it's weird but kind of awesome that the new money system makes traveling to regionals out of country make more sense only if you have the time because like yeah you know i mean cal and gabe from the u.s went to brisbane which is definitely an expensive trip no matter even though they're both west coast based players right yeah it's still gonna be pretty expensive but they got top eight that's 3k right that pays for their travel cost almost definitely we saw Rahul went over, got top 16 in Gdansk. That's 2K. That pays for his travel cost, right? So it's like if you have the time to do these things and you're a good player, um, I mean, it's not a guarantee that you're going to get these finishes, right? Like there were plenty of Americans at both of these other tournaments or plenty of people from other countries that were not, you know, from that. Pretty, plenty of people from out of region who went to these two tournaments that did not do well. So it's like far from a guarantee, you're still inheriting some risk, right? But if you do it to enough tournaments, you know, maybe you spike one or two of them, get a top four, a second place, a first place finish. And it's like all of a sudden all of the trips are kind of paid for. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm with that, it's like a big reason that people are making these extra these extra trips, um, especially probably to like some of the ICs for some people. Um, but yeah, it's just cool to see more international competition. That's what I was going to mention about LAIC last week that I forgot to. It was just like it was just cool to see how many people were. uh we're just kind of showing up to the events, to be honest. It's just cool to see. And I think yeah. the number will just keep growing, right? Like, I think the number is going to keep growing, which is just cool. It's good to see. Uh, and I hope it keeps happening. It kind of like makes me, I mean, I always thought it was like, <laughs> I feel like early on in the season, some people were having takes like, and I do think 
that the region that the regional or the IC happens in, you do want like a a good amount of local player base, majority local player base to be the one showing up to it. But like the idea of ever limiting like regionals to like region locking regionals or anything like that was always like a cringe take that I saw earlier in the year. I think when there was discussion about that, like just kind of you know the special event stuff and like that stuff before worlds, like region locking special events and regional stuff. Um, cringe take, but yeah, it's it, but you know, now that that is not going to, or that will hopefully will never be a thing, you know, seeing more international competition is just cool, and I hope it just keeps growing, uh, that way for sure. Yeah, definitely cool. And then, yeah, on to the results of the tournament. Uh, Brisbane was won by Harry Shalcrass with Gardevoir, VIP pass Gardevoir, the luxurious Capen here with the Screamtail, no Zacian. No Luminion, which we've seen popping up quite a bit more, does have the Jirachi, and that's something that almost every, I think all four of these, or sorry, all three of the Gardevoir lists had Jirachi in them, yeah. Yeah, you just don't want to get uh, Yoga Looped. <laughs> You're just yeah. not trying to get pretty bad shut down the loop, get rid of it. I think the Iron, I mean, it's just like another basic as well, right? So like when you go up against an Iron Valiant deck, you're not getting board wiped. Like you're not like... You're not losing, but you don't just have just one Ralts in play. You know, it's like another Pokemon you could draw into, then you're like that much more set up. Uh, and I guess like kind of the VIP pass build as well helps that as well, right? If you're trying to just get a bunch of Pokemon in play turn one, so you don't just get board wiped by Iron Valiant deck, like specifically the anti-Iron Valiant, then yeah, you might want those those in there for sure. But yeah, it kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, the only thing I guess like that stands out is like, like you mentioned, like the nosation, but you have the luxurious cape in there, which kind of acts as Zation in the late game. It's just a little bit harder to find. You can't fall crystal yeah. or ultra ball for it, but um, pretty pretty standard as far as like guardies have been going for sure. Does have the third reversal energy? That's the first. Oh time yeah, we've seen that pop up. Is the third reversal energy? And I guess I guess that is that does. I didn't realize that that's cutting into the basic energy count, which then makes sense to probably not play Zation to be honest, because sure sure. Zation needs nine to KO Charizard. So if you just prize one of your last two, it's like you can't use Zation to KO Charizard anyways. So um, it kind of makes sense to not include the, the Zation at that point, to be honest, if you're going for that third reversal route. Did have the Turo in here respecting the Snorlax maybe a little bit. Um, yeah. Just a solid card overall as well. Take the Gardevoir out of play. No Pal Pad, though, to recycle it. Yeah, so the control matchup is like not as good as it could be, but yeah, I, I really don't like Palpat and Guardia anymore because now that you're down to just one boss and two counter catcher, like three gust effects is like more than enough for Gardevoir to win games. Like you're there's nothing to Palpat. Like you don't ever need a Palpat boss. Just play another Ion or another Avery instead of a Palpat, unless you're really set on trying to be able to counter control. But like one Turo, I feel like is enough to usually get there against control. At least in like if you hit them in top cut to win one of the two first games, then you're gonna win the game three, of course. If you just yeah. don't open the Greninja or the Manaphy. Or I guess the Jirachi's like a bad starter as well. But even then, if you just Turo once and then get a knockout, that's game in like a game three scenario. So uh no Cresselia in this list. That is the other thing. Yeah, no, that one's interesting because Cresselia I feel like is just like really strong in the mirror match. Um that one's interesting, but it is worse against everything and, and still Lost Zone decks in general, actually, as well. Um, I guess Lost Zone decks in general are kind of on the decline. I think that's probably fair to say overall. Like Lost Tina, I think, had its hypest moment probably in this format at LAIC, and I expect it to just kind of plummet after that, and that's what we've been kind of been seeing, it feels like, so far. Uh, and Lost Box is just kind of... There's a lot of different builds going around, but it's definitely not what it used to be, for sure. Now that we got some... Uh, like Charizard's been really popular, and that's always been tough, and Jirachi's in the format as well. So you still have the Jirachi, I guess, for the Lost Index, right? Maybe that's even this... 
if you're trying to beat Lost on decks, maybe Jirachi is just the better yeah. inclusion. But it's really awkward to put Manaphy and Jirachi on your bench. That kind of sucks. Especially against Lost Tina, because then they're just punching your active. But I guess if you have the Jirachi, maybe the maybe you don't ever play both. It's just one or the other. Playing both, I guess, would be a lot. And then the second place list did come from Haru. It was the Charizard. And um, he had the Rotom. Yeah, I was going to say it hadn't loaded in, had the Rotom. Oh, and had the <laughs> Minior as well. So Haru was ready for the Snorlaxes, huh? Yeah, and this is why we have to not call it Evozard and Arvinzard because this list doesn't play any Arvin. So we got to call it Evozard and Pidgeyzard because sometimes they don't play Arvin. So what Zard list are you talking about at that point? This, this Zard list goes under the radar at that point. Um, but yeah, I did have the Rotom in there. Um, I think Haru actually played something similar to this at LAIC, if I'm not mistaken, because I think Grant played against Haru. I might be mistaken on that, though. Um, but yeah, respecting the control, which I think is the correct thing to do right now, right? The top two decks in the tournament, and there was two Snorlax control in the top eight as well. Um, we're respecting the control a little bit more. The Turo isn't as much of like a beat control card, but it's definitely like, uh, I mean, having it as an out is pretty nice, right? Um, but yeah, the mini or you're playing to beat control. It's not in there for anything else. So, and I do really like the Rotom. The Rotom's, uh, we'll take a look at uh, the Gdansk results, but Robin also played the Rotom in a Charizard build to a top four finishing Gdansk. And yeah, I do. The Rotom is just kind of good, probably. Uh, I like the Rotom for sure. Cool. Yeah, I think we're going to see more people going this way. The no Arvin definitely catches you off guard a little bit, but you know, I know yep. still a good supporter, still have decent odds to just set up Pidgeot. And usually, if you can set up Pidgeot, you can still set up yeah. Charizard turn two, right? Yeah, if, yeah, you're still like, yeah, if you like have a decent turn one and then you play Iono to start your turn, like there's a good chance you're getting Candy Pidgey into Zard. You still have like a four seal stone in there, which basically acts as like a fifth or a candy or just like plus one of anything, right? So, like, whenever you're drawing those six cards off the Iono, everything is enhanced by plus one as long as, as you draw well. some other piece. Yeah, so you still got a lot of pieces to like put it together. Like when I played the uh, the Pidgey Zard at Toronto, like. Arvin did make it easy to sometimes get those turn two candy Pidgey candy Zards, but like sometimes I'd only have an Iono, but I would usually still pull it together off the Iono. And especially with the Rotom too, right? You get that at plus three off the Rotom to work with as well. And that might be the biggest kind of help there with the lack of the Arvin getting that Rotom draw. So I feel like you'd probably want to include more Arvins and stuff, like if Judge was more popular, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, maybe not. I don't even know, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like a terrible um, inclusion. To go the no Arvin or a terrible way to play it with the no Arvin. Definitely interesting. And Hayden Matthews did have the Bieberel Zard, the Evo Zard, uh, with no Evo TM <laughs> and no Arvin <laughs> as well. <laughs> so, yeah, no Arvin, but still four candy. So, doing the same thing as Haru, but no, no, I'm not trying to go Candy Pidgeot, Candy Zard, just trying to go Candy Zard. There's a Kramer um, in this deck list. There's four Colors as well. We are. Three, three uh, vacuum. So lack of... Uh, how often do you think they turn one crammed? Not often. No way. There's three vacuum. It's curious to play... Yeah, I looked at this list. It's curious to play such a heavy vacuum count. There's not that yeah. many. There's two tools in one stadium. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like that's like in, it's like they're probably leaning really heavy into Mysterious Tail to become their out to path. Um... Which, yeah, I guess that's, like, the reason to do that. But, like, I feel like you'd maybe just want more artisans. Like, I don't know, artisans just good to just find basics and set up, right? Especially against the matchups where you are against path decks. Like, Tina can take advantage of artisan if it's early. But if you're setting up, that's, like, your the point. And against Maridon, they set up without artisan. They don't need your artisan to set up, so. 
Um, yeah, this, this list is interesting. That's for sure. I think that's one way to put it. Uh, eventual punches in there for the Guardi matchup. But it's good yeah, against I, like Chiampao and Maradon as well. Yeah, the punches. Yeah, the punches are just kind of good, I guess, in general. They don't hurt. Put a punch on a cram, start swinging. Yeah. They're not going to stop them. Put a punch <laughs> on a cram and start punching, you know? Yeah, I mean, this is like another, like, I think, like, both these builds of Zard is something to look at and be like, okay, maybe we should, like, go back and, uh, you know, retry. It's just such a powerful card, man. It's such a powerful card. Yeah. Like, it does so much, so much HP, it. so much damage, energy acceleration, like, just finding different ways to get that into play. Um it really makes you question what is the best way to play it after like seeing these two lists top eight over in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, and there's like, this is, and it's all, I think this is the Australia's first day two regional as well. So, you know, like the competition is higher over there for sure. They almost had uh, 400 players. It was their biggest um, regionals ever. Yeah. Biggest regional ever. I think it's their first time having a day two. So the competition is higher, you know, so like there's less chance for decks to kind of cheese. Um, so, you know, these like these more, uh, or these different kind of czar builds definitely had to put in the work um, to, you know, get to where they were. So it's definitely something worth looking at a little bit more. That's always something that I put a little less weight into. Like smaller tournaments, it's, I think it's fair to put a little bit less weight into them because the cheese factor is a little bit higher. But, I mean, the terms are getting bigger over there, so the cheese factor is a little bit less. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was so funny. <laughs> With the, it just reminded me, because someone posted on Twitter last week, the, the eight Palkia top eight. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but got a Mew Mew making its way in there. Fusion Mew. I don't know what the Fusion Mew lost to, but of course I wouldn't be so. It's Fusion Mew with Grabbers. I didn't see that they had the Grabbers in there as well. I took a look at all the lists earlier. I didn't see the Grabbers were in there though. I was like, oh, it's Fusion Mew. They're trying to be, I mean, a, a, like a, being aggressive can be disruptive, right? If you KO one of their only important Pokemon in play, turn one with a Meloetta, but you throw some Grabbers on top of that. It's like, yeah, because like, turn one attacks are like aggressive disruption, right? You knock out their only Bidoof in play, turn one, they're like, come on, bro, I can't draw off my B-barrel now. Um, so adding some grabbers on top of that. And also, Turo in there. I mean, Turo's just kind of good in Mew in general, but second for the control, you know, Palpad Turo. That will definitely win Fusion Mew against control as well with a couple switch cards. Yeah, I mean, I think part of me thinks like Fusion Mew just has a decent matchup against the control decks yeah, often enough does. because you can just like aggressively judge them, right? Oh, that's yeah. You can go like boss KO Rotom Aggressive judge. judge is so good against Snorlax. Yeah, they don't like that. They don't like that. Maybe it's time for Maridon to bring the bring the judges back so they can beat the Snorlax themselves. Although they could just play a mini or I guess, right? Yeah, you could play a mini or and I also don't think that I mean you have a lot of pretty bad openers as Maridon in that matchup, but like if you just open up a Maridon. A lot of energy. You can attack with like a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. And you've got a couple switch cards, you've got three boss, like we're cooking, man. Yeah, KO the Rotom um the uh the americans of the tournament did bring the gardvor and i don't know what was different in their lists i was gonna i was gonna say they probably played the same 60 but they did not they i don't know what the difference try to see a quick difference here they do the back and forth thing yeah what is it actually is there no it, difference? it is a fog crystal and ultra ball that's the only difference Gabe played four Ultra Ball, two Crystal, and Cal played a 3-3 split. That's the only difference. 
I'm not gonna lie, I like the three three split more. Dude, I hate Ultra Ball in Guardi. Like the first one yeah. is like after the first Ultra Ball, I just like never want to use an Ultra Ball again. <laughs> With no VIP pass though, uh it's like your ways to get Greninja Ooh. feels so limited, right? Yeah, but like but also like using or, an like, Ultra Ball. Like Ultra Balling for Greninja feels terrible. Yeah, Ultra Balling for a basic. I'd rather just have a fall crystal get another basic at that point. I didn't realize it's the no VIP pass build as well, right? Turo, Palpad, got the control text. Yeah, and like almost everyone in the top eight had something for control right they had some kind of thing but there was still two control in top eight but they did yeah. lose in top eight it's a good thing that people had stuff for control right dude but double wins for imagine would have been cr- <laughs> that would have been too much and it people was the same like... 60 as well from the two players uh samantha okay. turner and james williams sixth and seventh place respectively they had the crab in here Love to see the same 60s. What are, what are Cal and, and Gabe doing? What are they doing? You got to do the same 60s. I know, bro. Um, what the heck? <laughs> um, yeah, the crap seems like it's been a staple in the mirror in the deck for the mirror. <laughs> Even the control players are coming checked for the control mirror. Imagine they play each other. 60 card stall mirror in top eight. They got the crabs, bro. It's not going to take that <laughs> long, bro. We're milling two. We're milling two. Yeah. yeah, it seems like people are coming like... If the control players are prepping for control, this is your sign to add the mini ore. Like, this is it. This is the signal. They have the crab. Put in the mini ore. <laughs> they have the crab. <laughs> this is your signal to put the mini ore in your Charizard deck and beat the control players like they're beating each other. But uh, there's nothing too much to talk about here, right? Control. I guess, like, one thing we can point out double luxurious cape is like the only thing that really stood out to me. Um, and we saw. The uh, the only cool new addition that I saw was the Defiance Fest from uh, Hampus, who got top 16, I believe, over at Gdansk. Hampus is kind of known, really good European player. Uh, doesn't quite have Sander status, but generally shows up with some more control-type weird stuff. So much control, not really Famously too weird. at Worlds um, in 2019, went 6-0 day one with Alolan Ninetales. Just played against, like, six Gardevoirs, I think was behem right the deck was behem. yeah yeah it was like yeah, behem yeah. but he he literally i'm pretty yeah. sure i could be wrong on this but i'm pretty sure day six. one he literally played six gardevoir that had no out to nine tails i don't think it was six because i remember him playing on stream and he was like playing a standard like a more standard setup against okay, someone okay. so i think it was six but it was probably a lot yeah i mean that's a free dub uh for the for the behem <laughs> Um, but that's, that's like the only cool addition that I saw. Two Luxurious Cape is interesting as well. The Defiance Vest is maybe does effectively the same thing in a decent amount of the matchups as well. Defiance Vest, if you're behind on price cards, you take 40 reduced damage. So when things are like trying to KO your Mimikyu and they're only doing like 60 damage, they're yeah. only doing 30, so they're three hit KOing. Luxurious Cape effectively does the same thing in most situations. So it's better against like Valiant um, though, which is kind of a big deal. The, oh, the luxurious cape is. Yeah, I mean, if they're using Iron Valley to get through your Mimikyu, you just win. You just penny it a couple times with a Bravery Charm. You're cooking. It's not that simple. I mean, like the main Dude. deck that's playing it right now is Inte, which has a gajillion switch cards. Like, they yeah, but they, they tap pressure. out at sixty damage a turn, and you go. Well, they penny. have Yoga Loop too. Chip, it's not getting them there, bro. All right, I guarantee no control player is afraid. They're afraid of Radiant Charizard. They are not afraid. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they are not afraid of Iron Valiant's twenty damage ping. Dude, Grant played. <laughs> Oh, we were talking about that League Cup we played in this weekend. Grant played Snorlax, and he literally played against three Intei Valiants in the first three rounds, which is like probably the deck's worst matchup. And he started he to know how to play it though. So the best he started three and zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm because saying. two of his opponents bench locked themselves out of Radiant Charizard. Yep. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I was like, you do know have to. You do know have to know how to play the matchup. And yep, there we go. 
Um, and again, like that's a, that's the beautiful thing about Best Two Out of Three, though. You get to adapt, bro. That's like one of the biggest things with Best Two Out of Three. I think that just makes it so good. Like, sure, there's the the added effect of if you dead draw, you're not just out of it. But like being able to adapt to what your opponent's playing and like the tech cards and stuff is a underrated aspect of Best Two Out of Three for sure. Uh, but yeah, Gdansk Control took it all down. No L's in top eight, and I think it, a lot of the lists were less prepared for Control. I think overall, but I agree. Um, yeah. And this list, not like once again, nothing too crazy, right? It looks pretty similar. Has the only one Mimikyu. Yeah, got the tomb, and there <laughs> it is in Europe, though. So you know what, dude? You I love you. Love to see it, bro. You love to see it. Lucas showing up with the spear tomb. They're European. They're playing in Europe. Like, why wouldn't you? Of course. And Mew was like eleven percent of the meta in Gdansk. I have no idea what it was at. What's it, it called, was? But... It was the most popular deck in day two, bro. You was? Yes. Dude, let's go, bro. And Charizard as well doing really well. There were still two Mew in top eight, which is absurd. Like, that's still, like, is a crazy number right there. Two? Dude, the EU Mew is unstoppable. Dude. Well, apparently not. As long as Lucas shows up with the Spear Tomb, Robin, <laughs> yeah, sure. Robin, Aaron, and uh, Thomas showing up with the Charizard, we put an end to it at least in top eight. It's still it's still crazy. There's still two in top eight, though, right? It's still hard to shut them down, but... Yeah, yeah EU, and there's still is. some crazy <laughs> stuff in this top eight to talk about. Obviously, like, the fact Snorlax won, you know, pretty wild. Not too often you see this, these type of decks winning in top cut because tough. of the top cut rules, right? You have yeah. to have a winner in single elimination, so the way the rules work, it's 75 minutes, and if you get to game three and you go to time in game three, which almost always happens with control. You know, you're probably going to lose just one game to getting cheesed. And then the other game just takes forever. You go to time in game three and then whoever has taken more prizes wins the game. Control does not take prizes. So yeah, just, yeah, not good for the control player. But in this instance, Lucas played against three Charizard on his way to the finals. And that's a really good matchup. matchup for him in this top cut. I, I I don't know. Can the Palkia deck beat uh two Mimikyu's? Uh, you got Mew X. True. Okay, the Mew X will put put in some work. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's possible. Definitely possible. I guess you probably just yeah yeah okay okay maybe the Palkia could keep up to be honest. I actually don't know. Mew X is a pretty good attacker against Snorlax. Pretty good. Mew X puts in the work. Um, um but yeah, but yeah triple so... Charizard in a row. You can actually like two O them. You know, pretty. Uh, reasonably i don't know how the games went so many people have asked me about the finals match uh, apparently aaron scooped which a lot of people think was premature and i know there's some people out there who are like oh you play it out until it's over kind of mentality it's like why would you ever concede you could possibly win in the finals it's like i don't i have, I have yet to watch the finals but the amount of times i've been asked what do i think about aaron scooping in the finals to lucas i'm like i don't know Luke, aaron was probably done playing against snorlax control and wanted to go home they got second they're good with it like let them cook like like moving on is fine there um yeah so but charizard i think uh charizard did uh decently well over in brisbane they didn't have a great time at laic a couple in top 16 no top eights um if i'm remembering correctly um i mean pedro and uh Azevedo were close uh but yeah pr- pretty dominated I, I would say this tournament was dominated by charizard for sure um and if any of them had the mini or to boot uh we probably would have seen a charizard dub so here overall. was the instance of the scoop from Aaron for anyone who's asking. So this is the finals. This is the setup right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucas won game one. Lucas Three is going left. first in this game, it looks like. Aaron has a Charmander in the active, an Iono, an Energy, uh, a Arvin, 
a Charizard EX, a Pidgey, and a Super Odd in hand, it looks like. Uh, and Lucas starts his turn, plays a Battle VIP pass. Aaron concedes. Yeah, there's 40 minutes left. Like, you probably just lose. <laughs> like, that seems fine to me. <laughs> like, I don't know. He's got a um, turn two rare candy Charizard, you know? I guess maybe you do stick it out. I don't know. What does Lucas grab here, though? You grab but probably the, the fact that Mimikyu, Lucas, right? Yeah, the lo- fact that Lucas had the VIP pass is probably what for Aaron was like, okay, yeah. that's enough. Yeah, like you just grab a second Snorlax and a Mimikyu there or double Mimikyu. Or I think uh, maybe Lucas only played. Maybe you just wait to see if I mean, it could Mimikyu, be prized. There could, could be, be Mimi prized, but yeah, yeah it it's right prized. here. Yeah, there it is. Getting lined up to get taken. Yeah, I don't know. It just didn't seem that bad. Like, I don't like if Aaron's like checked and it's just like, bro, I don't want to go through this anymore. You're going to win anyways. Like you have 40 minutes to deck me out. I'm going to deck out in 40 minutes. Like, you know, I'm down to go next. Um, one thing I'm actually curious about with all these Charizard players, I guess it's a little bit more telling. I, I, if you're not playing the Arvins, you're probably definitely choosing to go first. But if you're playing the Arvins, I'm curious, you know, you know, Aaron, Robin, because um, there's kind of been this back and forth a little bit where it's like, you know, me and my group that played um or our group that played charizard in toronto we we're choosing to go second majority of our games um but then i know like as Aveda was like choosing to go first at kurachiba so i wonder what people other people in the i wonder if the european charizards do so the american charizards go second the <laughs> latin american charizards go first what do the european charizard players do i'm curious uh, if you're out there and listening let us know in the, let me know in the comment section down below because i'm definitely curious as what other people's thoughts thoughts are on it because i'm definitely not opposed to the idea of going first but one second just feels so good i don't know going first feels Probably a little bit better if you're playing the Rotom, right? Yeah, the Rotom help. But if you just don't hit a bad VIP pass, what are you gonna have like a a Manaphy in your active and then Rotom for three? Like that's what True. I'm saying. Like the the amount of games like I did, I only played because I had Arvin VIP pass. VIP pass was yep, just so same. high. Same. It makes it a, a hard to believe that going first makes sense. Um, I don't know. Um, but yeah, was it, this is Robin's build, right? Yeah, this Rotom. is Robin's build with the Rotom. Has really Arvin's. Su- yeah, I was really surprised to see no Turo or Collapsed, but still played the Rotom. Triple Lost City, too, so it feels like there's room there to get a Collapse involved. The Lost Cities are really good. Like, Heavy Lost City is really good against Guardi, though. Yes. I'm sure that's one of the, like, Arvin or Avery plus the Heavy Lost City, really good against Gardevoir. Um, but I was I was surprised to kind of see no Turo or Collapse, but still running the Rotom. Because you your second V Pokemon, you do use pretty aggressively to take advantage of the four Seal Stone. Um, because you do run for Arvin. So I mean, you can Arvin for an item card and any card, which is the Forest Seal Stone. You need a V in play. So if you're not playing a way to remove a V from play, like a Turo or a Collapse, you usually run the Pidgeot V. Um, because Pidgeot right. V can shuffle itself back to the deck. So, so that's one thing I was such surprised. Such a big strength of Charizard EX is yeah. having three high... It's like you let them take a one prize KO, and then your board is two Charizard, one Pidgeot. And it's like yeah. everything has a gajillion HP for them to try to get through. Yeah, so the Rotom is like, or putting Luminion in play feels pretty bad sometimes too. Um, so that's something I was curious about. Of course, you don't need Rotom every time. And if you are choosing to go second, your setup is going to be a little bit cleaner without having to put a V Pokemon in play um, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, the pretty standard Arvin's Arc, right? You got the Jirachi in there now to help you with all the Lost on Shenanigans. Everyone's on the call for family Pidgey is actually something I want to point out as well with the other lists. Yeah. Um, it makes sense, makes sense now that you have the Lost Jirachi. Box in the format, right? And you've got Jirachi yeah. anyway. Mm hmm. Um, oh, really heavy. This is something that I noticed. I haven't really played with Pidgey's art post Toronto. Um, people are going really heavy on the gust effects, triple boss and counter catcher. I've seen in most lists as Avedo and Petrucci played the same thing at LAIC. 
Um, and I think they read Rock the Escape Room. So really heavy on like the the gust effects. I thought people would maybe cut back on the boss to include the counter catcher, but people are just like adding the counter catcher on top of it all. Which yeah, I mean, we played three boss in Toronto, and it was like. I will, well, I did kind of want to force him. <laughs> yeah, there were definitely times where it's like, man, another gust would be really nice to have. Yeah, that's true. And we had the escape rope as well, right? Yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe, yeah, that maybe just makes sense. Like, that makes sense then for sure. Now that you and, mentioned, I didn't think about that like that, but. And then I don't know. It's it's kind of a toss up here. I think of what the the standout is between these other two decks. I mean, I guess maybe we just hit the muse real quick. It was two double turbo muse that made it into top eight. What else is there to say? More EU Muse running amok over there in Poland. Dude, what the, one of them? I believe one of them had grabbers and one didn't. Right? One was on the grabbers. Um, yeah, more disruptive. Uh, I mean, they're both looking for that path judge play in a lot of situations. Super odd that. Oh, the for the Averys. Okay, I kind of like that. Yeah, for the that, Averys, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Is there a better card? Could you play? I like, don't think so. I guess you could just play a fusion Pokemon, but the Super Odd is probably the better way to go um yeah probably it's just a better way to go to be honest item card you can cram away yeah item yeah. card you can burn sometimes but yeah the avery's to be honest i think mew just got like caught in the crossfire of the guardy avery because like guardy included avery's for the mirror match and she and pal mostly because mew is kind of a dead deck um but now that mew's coming back it also now it has to deal it's like okay the guardy matchup has always felt like unfavorable i would say um and now it's like also and now they have avery's so like they don't even have to like put that much pressure on you if they just like discard two of your pokemon and iono you like sometimes you can't even draw into your big plays anymore at that point yeah um so it's kind of uh <laughs> yeah it's just unfortunate for you you've got a lot to deal with right now spiritombs <laughs> drapions avery's all in up and then yeah a bit of a toss-up here as to which is the bigger surprise luke kirkham's palkia deck or tord reklev and his lost <laughs> zone box deck I think just from a deck perspective, it's probably the Palkia deck. You know, people would not be that surprised yeah. to see some sort of Lost Zone thing. But I think the fact that it was Tord playing the Lost Zone box, that he put down the Gardevoir after the DQ and the drama in LAIC, and he played a Lost Box deck, something that might be, you know, considered a little faster, has the Palkia V-Star in here as well. I guess they're both Palkia decks a little bit, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, I guess they both got the, they both got the Palkia. But yeah, this is a pretty interesting loss zone deck it kind of is just like a this is like what i would call like a tempo loss zone deck like you're just trying to yeah each matchup you have your attackers that you want to try and chain in the matchup and you just try and repeat that i mean see there's very little going on in this build right only colors for supporters no gust effects standard switch card count pokemon search cards uh no way to actually even find the palkia v star uh <laughs> so you're hoping to draw into that when you need it but i don't think you need it in that many matchups so um, and it's kind of like a potential like late game card to put yeah. down to combo I with mean, Kyogre. Combos with like the Kyogre, yeah. Because yeah. it's like, and also it's good against Entei. You have right? to use two Mirage Gates to set up Iron Hands, right? So yeah. it's like you're more strained if you want to Iron Hands plus Kyogre. But it's pretty cool. Yeah. Like you go Iron Hands for two right away, and then you just chill for like five turns, and then Kyogre. Buy a little bit Kyogre or cram a little bit maybe. Yeah. Um, and then like the Palkia is probably pretty good against Entei too, is what I was gonna say. Because like just having big things on board is nice otherwise Entei can kind of run over you so One shots the Entei. yeah yeah so yeah this is a interesting list i haven't tried it out uh at all um i mean there's some stuff going on in here for sure um there's very like thin lines of everything right so like your lines you de they're definitely like i don't know quite all the lines you'd apply with this deck in every single matchup so i like i have no idea where to even like what to look at with this deck as far as like how you actually apply this to each matchup but 
One Three, Sableye, one Cramorant, yeah. one of each of the other attackers. Surprised there's not just one Comfy in here, but got the whole squad. <laughs> to be honest, the deck, like, uh, I think, what did Tord even tweet? Going fast or something? There's no, like, there's no vacuum in this build. You're not going that fast. As far fast, as yeah. as far as Lost Box decks go, this is like the slowest possible <laughs> Greninja Lost Box you could play. <laughs> like, it doesn't get slower than this Greninja Lost Box. Um, no vacuums. You know, we can't, we can't go too fast. No, he said um, 702. We zoom in, <laughs> yeah. So you can't go too fast. There's no like crazy turn one plays, it's just like build up to your turn two Mirage Gates and kind of go from there. Um, definitely, but yeah, I mean, toward getting another top eight, no surprise with a crazy loss zone list. I guess that's the surprise, right? That's definitely the surprise, um, for sure. Um, Definitely, yeah, it definitely brings the question, how good is Lost Zone right now? I guess one of the biggest things is, like, how much are people respecting it? We saw in Brisbane, all the Guardies had their Jirachi. But you look at, like, towards build here, and it's, like, not even that invested in Sableye in general. You got a lot of other things you can do as far as your strategy goes, so you're not as locked out by the Sableye happening. The hands is, like, a pretty big part of your Guardy matchup, I would assume. Um, I think Pedro actually has been playing something. Uh, Pedro Torres has been playing something similar. I sat next to Pedro at LAIC and was rocking a Lost Zone Turbo, more Turbo. I think there was vacuums in that one, hands type build. Um, and I think played that as well at Gdansk. Um, I think I saw Pedro Pedro tweet that he is what he played. I think he made day two as well. So, um, yeah. I also think another thing to point out: there was like a thousand players. Is this their this is the biggest tournament of the year? I I assume uh, at Gdansk. So. Thousand players that could dance, which is really cool. Yeah, the European sure regionals it probably are probably would have big. been bigger if they had more space. Yeah. Yep. yeah, it's kind of crazy how fast the European, the size of European events has caught up to North American events. They were definitely lagging behind for a pretty long time. I felt like they were just smaller events, less people playing the game. I don't know, but I bet they have so many countries over there. I think I bet it's just more people deciding to make the trips to be international trips. I guess it would be. I don't know. All of Europe kind of feels like the same. Uh, lot of land to me but yeah i mean everything's so close like it's like everything all the countries are so small and close yeah yeah so i don't know maybe that's kind of it like people are like oh well i may as well just like hop a couple countries over and go to a regional right um because it feels like they've caught up really fast to like um and maybe would even be competing with numbers with us if they had that extra space and we'll have to see how the rest of the european regionals uh registration kind of pans out hopefully it's been it goes better and smoother than the first couple because it's been rough up to uh gdansk i feel like and then the last deck to talk about from top eight you know, maybe the more surprising of all of the things in cut is yeah. Luke Kirkham's origin form Palkia V star deck. So this feels a little similar to what um, Cyrus played at worlds, right? Bubbled yep. out of cut with the Palkia Chien Pao deck, but there's just one Chien Pao in here. There's the Suicune. There's the ice rider Calyrex V max for Melanie. Got the canceling cologne, cross switchers, Greninja, lots of different things going on here in this deck. A lot. Yeah, I honestly don't know what to think about this. I definitely want to play some games with it. That's probably what I'll do tomorrow on my stream or later today if you're listening to this. All right. Or when you guys are listening to this. But I've looked yeah, at lots. I've looked at um Luke's <laughs> I did Pokey Stats Live. Have you looked at it already? A lot of Maridon. <laughs> yeah, he he played against three different decks except for so he played against one roaring moon in round 10 and then he id'd with lucas in round 15 the snorlax other than those two decks through his 15 rounds of swiss so 13 other rounds he played against three different decks he played against Intair and valiant 
Okay, seems like it would probably be a solid matchup, right? He played against Mew, which I feel like should be a terrible matchup, but he's got Spirit Tomb. Um, he's got the Spirit Tomb. Yeah, you got the Spirit Tomb. Yeah. He's got you are like a pretty, ag- but there, overall, you're pretty good. It was a lot of Fusion Mew. Yeah, but like if they're not attacking Turmoil with Meloetta, you're going to get on the prize trade and just kind of take over, I feel like, right? So, like. And then the last deck that he played the most of was Maridon. He played against four, five, seven. six, seven Maridons in 15 rounds of Swiss. <laughs> and I think that's also a good matchup like which might be surprised like you're just both of you are just one hit when they meet each other back and forth and Palkia is like a really efficient attacker and it's easier i feel like for Palkia to get two one prizes in play and then take the first two prize knockout and you've also got the ice rider as well, well you also have the ice rider as well the ice riders in there to carry some weight as well so yeah that i mean i think all those matchups are honestly favored for Palkia. uh fusion move probably only because of the spirit tomb um but it's i mean yeah if you're if you're hitting for ko's you go first and hit for a turn two KO on a two prizer as Palkia, and you got Spirit Tomb in play to make them to have to put fusion energy on the Genesex. Like you're gonna be in probably a, a pretty good spot. So yeah, it's kind of the maybe maybe Palkia's just like the prize of the two, or king of the two prizers, uh, especially once you have the Ice Rider in there as well. I guess the Ice Rider is a pretty big deal for some of those matchups for sure. Um, and this deck is kind of like all out. There's no hand disruption, no Iono, nothing disruptive about this list at all. It's just like I'm attacking turn two with some of my guys, and uh, you got to deal with that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, is this a deck that now people need to have on their radar going into future tournaments? Like, is Palkia gonna become something that has a meta share in the tournaments, like a couple percent? Uh, I'm not sold on it, especially with like one of the things I actually mentioned on my stream earlier is like I think using matchup roulette as an excuse as why you did bad at a regional uh, or a major tournament is like a bad way to look at your results. There's always yeah. going to be so much more to take from it. But like, this definitely seems like, I mean, you put, <laughs> I mean, Luke played against three decks, <laughs> like besides the one Roar and Moon, like you can still look at a result and be like, it's because of what they played against. And that's fine. It's not only that, like Luke played well, good player, played like something off the wall, which is going to give you a huge advantage. Yep. No one had any idea what to do against this deck. I'm sure against uh, Luke against a lot of their opponents probably played against them and they probably just threw, you know, infinite times. Right. So like, I mean, it's not the only reason that Luke did well, of course, like, that Luke played well, brought a, a very refined build of Palkia. It looks like a decently refined build of Palkia, which no one knows how to play against like huge advantages for all those things. Right. So, um, yeah. So it's like, I'm not just sold on the deck being good immediately. Definitely need to play around with it um, and see how it does. But yeah, definitely hit, three matchups throughout the tournament which is kind of crazy that's like a, a pretty crazy i feel like i've never had a run like that personally i feel like whenever i like play at a major tournament i always hit like a little bit of everything i've never had one of those tournaments where it's been like yep just played against six maridons in a row <laughs> and uh, we're going on to the next or whatever so um but yeah the deck is sick for sure so shout out to luke with the the the, the placement with the pocket i definitely want to give it a shot myself and see how it feels and I guess the last thing for us to talk about before we close out the episode this week is just kind of the general conversation around the meta right now, um, kind of where things are. There were people calling for Snorlax to be banned after it won. Like None of that had to be <laughs> legit, though. Yeah, that was weird. I feel like a lot of that comes from a lot of... Look, we haven't really experienced... It's been a while since there's been a good stall control deck. Well, the thing is, like, playing against Snorlax is definitely not fun, right? And it's For like, sure. yeah. And it's like you don't get to do anything. I think people are like, like, 
I think Mewtwo Viewing was probably deceptive in how good it was against people, where it's like, you feel like you're winning until they got out to Mewtwo Viewing. You're like, oh, they got out to Mewtwo Viewing. But if I had one more turn to kill that last Snorlax, I would have had him, you know? It felt like you were in control or you were doing something. But majority of the time, the Mewtwo Viewing player was like, I always win this game. I just need to wait like one more turn and then they get that turn and then they win, right? Right. Um, whereas the Snorlax control, it's like the Snorlax control player is literally executing their main strategy when they flip over their Snorlax. And it just feels like off the rip, you're just like, bro, he opened Snorlax again it's like um so i think a lot of it is just like there's a lot of new players in the game who haven't quite experienced this is like the people who don't like snorax control would not be able to handle Cincino mill or durant mill back in the day um and Cincino mill is not even that old so i think a lot of players are just newer to the game and Cincino haven't mill experienced was broken though like they banned the cards insane. it's like yeah. well durant was also like ridiculously good for doing you did nothing basically and you just like won like the deck was just good right um so i think we just haven't had a deck like that and there's a lot of new players to the game so like there's kind of like this a lot of people are just like bro this sucks and it does suck to play against i'm not gonna like you're not wrong the people who like don't like sonarx control and hate it um you're not wrong to dislike it but just tech for it just find out what your deck can do to tech for it learn the matchup tech for it or just play a different deck until it kind of it dies down a little bit that if your deck can't beat it even with a tech um but yeah i feel like we just have a lot of new players who haven't experienced the durant mills and the Cincino mills and now the uh now we're finally getting a deck that really has that oppressive feeling that is just very unfun to play against and as soon as the game begins there's nothing you can kind of do about it sometimes in the snorlax control so i think it's, that's mostly what it is and it's a lot of newer players who haven't had that experience yet venting their frustrations more so than anything yeah, I'm having fun with the game right now. I think the game is in a solid spot. And I think like the meta is going to continue to evolve. Like, I think that we'll see yeah. some adjustments heading into San Antonio. People will change the way their lists are constructed. Maybe some old decks like, you know, we saw in Gdansk, Palkia popped up. That's a name that hasn't popped up in quite a while, right? So it's like there's opportunity for some unique things to maybe do well. Um, I think the game's in a great spot right now. I'm having fun with it. And I'm excited to see what people do with San Antonio in just a couple weeks. Yeah, I think we're in a pretty good spot for sure. It feels fine. If everything just feels good, feels fine. Um, yeah, like you said, Palkia coming up out of nowhere. If Palkia is like a real deck and like can actually consistently compete. That'd be sick. It's not just like you know, good player like Luke picking up like you know, refining their build. Like because we've seen this before happen before, where it's like the deck's not great, but you just have a good player playing a deck that no one knows how to play against, and yeah. like that's gonna just gonna be enough to like push for a really good finish like Luke got. But if there's more to it, that'd be sick. And then we have like add, add another deck to the roster um and then of course Mew doing well at Kadansk is just predictable because it's in Europe but I wouldn't read too much into Mew being a great play right now but yeah I mean yeah it just feels fine like it feels fine I don't think we need to ban Snorlax <laughs> listen if the deck is like truly ridiculous very, the thing is is it is so easily teched for right there's the you got minior. the minior dude and honestly you put I out the crab think... signal the crab signal is, is out there for you to put your minior in your deck and people just aren't listening I think the sand true might be better than the mini or honestly. Someone brought that up in my stream earlier, but I don't rem I don't remember exactly what it does. I know it just like stops. Yeah, so it's got an ability. It says trainer cards in your opponent's discard pile can't be put into their deck by an effect of your opponent's item or supporter cards. So it stops Silene, it stops Pile Pad. It basically makes it so they can't infinite you, right? Well, they have Pidgeot um, still, right? They can pit yes, 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 yes. They so can we have Pidgeot to we have to tech our own so it's Sancho plus crab. Is what you're saying is what we have to play. <laughs> Maybe Sandshrew is not good enough on its own. I guess. Yeah, because you you yeah you still have to like beat them. They and they also have crab you. now, right? So it's like they can. Mill yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. I not everyone deck... was playing crab before this weekend, but now it seems like everyone has the crab. Yeah. 
If the only way they can beat you is like with the third and fourth and fifth Misfortune Sisters or like second uh, Giacomo, then I guess the Sanctuary would solve your matchup there, right? So it's definitely another thing to consider for certain decks, probably. I'm sure there's a deck out there that would the Sanctuary wins you the game, probably, right? Yeah, more so. Um, than maybe like or... maybe like Lost Box, right? Like maybe Lost Box if you play this, you know, because I feel like Lost Box loses to Misfortune Sisters. Oh, I feel like Lost Box just kind of beats Sonic Central, though. Maybe I'm just like, yeah, I think I think you just win. Um, but if you don't win, maybe Sanctuary is your answer because they can't miss Fortune Sisters away enough of your Switch cards or Mirage Gates or Super Rods, whatever. But yeah, another another one to add to the the list of tech cards for the Sonic Control matchup. Um, yeah, the tech game is it, gonna play it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing just how things evolve. Like I said, so yeah. can't wait to see what people come up with and try out. Um, but yeah, Azul, you got any closing thoughts or anything else you want to add, real quick? No, no, yeah, just excited to be playing some more Pokemon again. Being sick after LAC immediately would kind of sucked because I was like really wanted to play Pokemon, but like when I'm sick, I'm just like not mentally there. So I'm excited to just be playing some more Pokemon. Well, with that all being said, thanks so much to everyone as always for tuning into the podcast this week. If you did enjoy, please be sure to drop us a like, leave a comment, leave a review. All those things really do go a long way in helping us out and supporting us. And supporting what we do over here yeah appreciate the support as always catch y'all next wednesday if you didn't know that is our now our regular time we're going to be coming at you with the episode 7 a.m eastern and we'll catch some of you in the uh, bonus episode